Merry Christmas. Welcome. Oh, oh, oh. Welcome to the Parapod Christmas special. We're here again, live from the pod. But this time it's Christmas. It's totally different. It's a Christmas themed pod. It's a Christmas themed pod. Uh, Look at the tree up. Tis the season, tree is up. We're wearing our hats, got our caffeines on, got the presents. We're sitting around the tree, eggnog in hand. Uh, By the big, fire. Yeah, big fire. Big fire going here. Very seasonal day today. Very, very. Well, wo- kind of. Like, the other day it was fucking like. Did you see the mist and all? Yeah, that was that amazing. Was mental. That was great. The fog. That was so spooky. It was. Yeah, I loved it though, because it's like you walk outside and it's just like down the road. You can't even see down the road. It was like Silent Hill or something. Oh yeah, yeah, it was like Silent yeah, Hill. Yeah. We went because we went to um a drive-in cinema, mm. and uh, it was misty and like oh we we're like oh shit we'll be able to see the fucking screen. Now we were close enough to the screen, but like. It was spooky. That's like a horror movie thing. Driving around, it felt like... You ever see The Mist? Yeah, yeah. It felt like that. It felt like The Mist. It felt like The Mist. I was convinced <laughs> like some tentacles were about to come out and grab me. Yeah, yeah. That's grim. Do you, do you remember the ending to that film? Yeah, it's really sad. Oh, it's, it's fucked so up. It's so fucked up. Yeah. That's not the ending in the book, though. No, it's... Classic it's, Stephen King job. It's the ending of uh, the film. The film ends completely differently. Yeah. The uh, That ending is like the grimmest ending I've ever seen. Yeah, it's also hilarious, though. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like hilariously bleak. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't watch it and like feel anything but laugh at how like yeah. stupid it is. If you didn't laugh, you cry. And if you cried at the mist, and that's even more laughable. Like <laughs> That she is. You know? <clears throat> that's even bleaker than the ending of the mist. Mm. Is crying to the ending of the movie. <laughs> it is a good film, though. It is, yeah. It is a good film. It's actually, it's actually really fucked up when they uh, they try to kill your one, or uh, when they throw your man out, like yeah, they have a little yeah, vote yeah, and all. Yeah, yeah, and there's like this mad Christian one. Yeah, who's like trying to like she's like an evangelist or whatever, and she's like foretelling the end of days, but like you're tr- you, f- you really feel like claustrophobic and trapped inside mm-hmm. the supermarket with this fucking crazy bitch who's trying to kill everybody who like questions her. It was really cool. Yeah, and then outside is these like Lovecraftian beasts that are just floating around. Yeah, just floating around. Just like, <laughs> some of them are literally floating around. Just staring into the shop. Yeah, it's pretty spooky. No it right, is spooky. No right to be as good as it was, you know? You know that film was originally meant to be in like black and white or something? Was it? That would have been rubbish. Um, No, because apparently like it adds like a load to the, like, the, the mood because it's a very like blue palette anyway. Mm. So like, I think it was colored that way because it was meant to be <clears throat> it was meant to be black and white. Oh, okay. And so, it like translated really well when they did like the Blu-ray, black yeah. and white version of it or whatever. Oh, is there? Yeah, it's a Blu-ray. And apparently, it looks class. Yeah, I just don't get black and white. It also adds to hide the really bad effects. Yeah, I don't like the, the, the effects. effects being good. The effects have aged poorly, uh-huh. but like the black and white really like um hides that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, black and white though. I just can't get on board. Except if, except, uh, except if it's the lighthouse. Yeah, actually, yeah, that, that works, yeah. But the mist in black and white. Like, imagine Shrek in black and white, you know? You know? I need my so, I need my green boy. It's Yeah, it suits some films. <gasps> it doesn't suit others. Yeah, like, imagine watching Logan in black and white. Yeah, yeah. Even Mad Max. Mad Max, yeah. I don't, know, I don't understand why Mad Max was released in black and white as well. That doesn't make any sense. It's such a colorful film. Yeah, it's almost too colorful. Yeah, which adds to it, I think, though. Mm, in a way. But the black and white thing, I just don't get it. I don't get it. A lot of Christmas movies are in black and white. Yeah. It's a wonderful life. That's what I was thinking All of. them, you know. It's like the old timey sort of Shrek Forever After. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shrek the Halls. Yeah, like, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I think we got a question about this before. My favorite Christmas movie? Yeah. Um, 
What did I say? <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, my favorite Christmas movie. Oh, I love uh, Deck the Halls with Matthew Broderick. I think that you. I think you actually did say that last time. I might have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you said that one. Uh, I love Christmas with the Cranks as well, even though it's one of the most hated movies ever with Tim Allen. <coughs> I they're don't ba- remember it. They're very similar movies. I haven't watched them to be honest in years, but they're just like lovable. Mm. Just lovable, like Remo- comf- like nostalgic. Comfy. Yeah, yeah, comfy, comfy Christmas movies. Like I was reading, I was reading there earlier. Just about Christmas films and stuff. I was reading about Christmas with the Cranks, which I didn't know was so poorly received. It has something like one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I didn't I didn't know about. But the, a lot of the reviews uh, focused on the fact that it's about it's basically about conformity, about how you shouldn't try to stick out. Mm. Uh, but like that's what it's like. Christmas is that the Christmas, one where they try to go away for Christmas? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tim Allen stuff, but like Christmas. Those sort of like old Christmas movies, they're all the same. You know, you might as well embrace the conformity of it, you know? It's like it's a vibe. Christmas is a vibe that you place yourself into. It's not necessarily about, you know, being yourself or whatever. It's not Shrek 3, you know? It's no Shrek 3. Christmas is no Shrek 3. It's, it's a mode of living. Yeah. And Christmas with the cranks. Like people change places. around Christmas. Like they get into mm. Christmas. Yeah, everyone like adopts like a new skin. Yeah. yeah, people change. That's like that like feeling, like that like comforting feeling is why I love them. Um, up to Christmas Carol. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, which yeah. I watched this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's just it has the the comfort of like obviously like the story of like Christmas Carol, which mm. obviously everyone knows, but it's added with the extra nostalgia of the Muppets <laughs> and the Muppets themselves being like fuzzy little creatures mm. adds to the coziness of the entire film. Yeah, the Muppets are great, and they're like familiar ca- characters. Like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You don't want to be challenged around Christmas, you know? No. You know, you don't, them you, wash over me. You don't want to watch a film about like an analyzing Christmas from like a I don't know, like Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gremlins doesn't analyze Christmas; it analyzes consumerism. Yeah, I saw way more as consumerism. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, it's just a vibe. It's all about the vibe. Just sort of sit back, as you say, let it wash over you. Drink a bit of just eggnog, a bit of wine. Kind of bathe in it, you know. Yeah, bathe in it, you know. Let it wash let over. Every, you. Let everything soak. <laughs> Yeah, let it soak in. Yeah, you know, and just enjoy it. Mm. It's great. Yeah, it's like an, it's also a time of extremes, though. You know, excess. Either, either you get really depressed, mm. or you, some people feel really jolly. I'm usually in the middle, but yeah, usually I'm in the middle. Yeah, because it's a very sad time for people as well. Don't yeah. get too real in this podcast, but like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd hate to be alone at Christmas. Yeah, um, especially yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, this year would be grim. So what have you been watching this week? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way out of that. <laughs> there was no easy segue. Talk myself into a hole. <laughs> oh, God. But speaking about films that are comforting and easy to soak in, I saw Die Hard this weekend. That's so soakable. <clears throat> Which is, <laughs> it's a very soaking movie. Um, yeah, everyone's just wet. Everyone's just soaking wet. Especially... Uh, Bruce Willis gets sweaty in this film. Bruce, yeah, he gets all clammy. But this is the first time I've ever seen it because all right, so this is the film I went to go see um, at the drive-in cinema thing. Um, cool experience. Uh, I've never done that before. I'm sure if you like, if you were sitting in the front, it's way better because if you're sitting in the back, like me and my sister were, you have to lean. It's not comfortable. But uh, we saw Die Hard, and uh, that's the first time I've ever sat and watched the entire film. I've only ever like came in and like. Or like knocked it on or whatever, and he's like, he's already in a- in action. Like, yeah, he's already dying hard. 
He's already because I've never seen that. Like I swear to God, I've never seen the start of this film. I never saw him on the airplane. I never saw him driving to Nakatomi Plaza, mm. and I've never seen him like having that conversation with his wife, where like they start giving out or, or whatever. I've only ever seen from when like Hans Gruber and all come in. Yeah, yeah, Snape. Yeah, and he's great in him. Yeah, he's he was great. He's so good in it. Mm, rip, rip, but like it's such a like it's such a good action film. It is. It's it so is. good. It's one of those like. Oh, they're all great, you know, up until the fourth one. Up until the fifth one, sorry. Would you say, like, Die Hard is, like, you know, if you look at things critically or whatever, it's, like, the best action film of all time? Nah, Mad Max for me. I'm a Mad Max guy. Mad Max Fury Road, like? Mad Max 2. Mad Max 2. MO. Road Warrior. Very, very good. Mad Max Fury Road is also really, really good. But uh, Die Hard is also... I love Die Hard as well. But, like, most action movies, like, the bar is so low. With that Paris, stuff. like the raid so is also, low. but the raid is also like, mm, yeah, I've never seen the raid. The raid is kind of, well, no, in like Die Hard, they're like moving up and down and around all over the place. Mm. Um, but then in the raid, it's like we're at the bottom, we need to go to the top, mm. and it's oh, it's so good, it is so good. Yeah. I I actually prefer the raid to Die Hard. Oh really? Yeah. Easily. Where where would Die Hard rank in your rankings of action films? Oh god, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't Probably really... we were like top, like one of the best, top yeah. ten. Uh, there has to be some sort of science to action films, you know, like a good mix of catharsis. I think catharsis is the main thing. You know, you have mm. to have a really bad bad guy. He's such a bad, a good High bad stakes. guy. Like he's such High a bad stakes. bad guy. He's such a good bad guy. <laughs> such a bad boy. He's a naughty boy. He's on the <laughs> he's on Santa's list. He's on the naughty <laughs> list this year. I say that is that a line in it? Like that should have been a line. Definitely <laughs> is. It definitely is. I know the one where like, Merry fucking Christmas. And he throws a grenade or something. Awesome, yeah. He does a lot of shit. Yeah. My be- my favorite bit is when, like, he's, like, on the roof. And he's, like, he has to, like, get all the people down. And then, like, the cops start shooting at him. So he just, like, grabs a fucking, f- like, fire hose and just fucking parachutes off the fucking building. <laughs> and then, like, slams into the side of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. It's so good. Yeah, Bruce Willis <clears throat> in his prime. He's in bits these days. He did uh, Fifth Element. Have you seen that? No, no, I've never seen it's it. It's really good. Uh-huh. Gary Oldman's in it as well. And Mia Jokovic as well. Or M- M- Mila? Mila Jokovic or Jokovic, whatever the fuck yeah. her name is. Ever see Unbreakable? Yeah. What do you think of Unbreakable? I loved Unbreakable. I thought it was amazing. I Have thought you it was seen like... it recently? No, no. I watched it like last year, I think. Or maybe the year before. Like, I've seen it recently enough. It's alright. Like, it's, it's... I don't get the, the hype. I thought it was great. Well, like, I haven't seen it in so long, but I just liked the, um, like, like I was saying about, like, catharsis. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a real element, from what I remember in the film, of, like, him sort of, like, being fucked up. And then he's just, like, really badass in it, basically. Yeah. You know? Like, he's unbreakable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just I completely, breaks things. I completely forgot what film we were talking about. Unbreakable. Yeah, no. Like, you're just like, <laughs> when you, I was like, are we still talking about Die Hard? And then, like, and then when you said, like, unbreakable, I was like, oh, yeah, shit, we're talking about unbreakable. He's unbreakable, man. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Mr. Glass, the scene where he falls down the stairs. I couldn't stop laughing when I first saw that scene. He's like, you broken me! Or he says something like that. Have you seen Glass? No, no. Have you? No, obviously not. Yeah, fucking... It looks shite. Your man, uh, what's his name? M. Night Shyamalan. He's such a fucking con man. He's a hack. He's a hack. He's the biggest hack who ever lived. You know, Sixth Sense, Unbreakable. Great films, in my opinion. But what's... What happened after that? Even Signs is actually okay. It's not that I bad. I haven't seen it. It's pretty good. It has like Whacking Phoenix in it. Did you ever see... Um, oh, what 
what the fuck is it called? The Happening? No, no. Apparently it's bad, yeah. Oh. Mark Wahlberg. It is beyond bad. What's happening? It's so... What, does, uh, what, what happens? It's a wind that makes you, like, kill yourself in, like, a really horrific way. Oh. Uh, but, like... It's just oh, like the mist. Oof. It's bad. Take an interest in science. That's one of the lines in it. Oh, God. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg is terrible in it. <laughs> but it's also... It's, a, like, it's really funny to watch how bad it is. Yeah, then he did, um... He did... did Lady the- in the Water. It's really all right, but he writes himself as like. Do you know what he does in that? He he always writes himself as like the smartest guy in the room. Or not, like that. Not only does he write himself as the smartest guy in the room, he writes himself as the character who plays a writer whose work will save the world. Yeah, of course he does. Yeah, <laughs> M Night Shyamalan. I mean, it's something like that. <laughs> the guy is such a dope. I did that uh, that film, The Visit. That was like his comeback, wasn't it? Or did actually? Have you ever seen Split? Yeah. That what do you think of Split? I was going to say. I thought it was shy. I thought, I think I thought it was shy. I don't get it. It's like so hyped up. Yeah. It's like it's like oh, he plays multiple different personalities. It's yeah. Like, this yeah, is the really... greatest acting performance I've ever seen. But That's it's also what... like yeah, but like it's, he's an actor. He's an actor. <laughs> like, <laughs> he does that throughout his entire career. He's yeah. only doing it one film now. <laughs> yeah. Like if that was one take, I'd be like, wow, that's really impressive how you switch between personalities. It's like it all happened over like like that was shot over the course of like two months or whatever. Yeah. Like, like every other film, it's like it's not like he was like it's not that impressive. Like, no. It's good. It's, he's a good actor, obviously. James he's Michael. good in it. But like it's not. It's not. It's not but like good that doesn't. Film. But like that doesn't make the film good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not even a good film. Though. No, like, it's, it's not. It's just. I need to rewatch it because I need to like. Because I remember liking it when I was younger, and then like every time I think back on it, it's like it goes down. Every time I think back on it, <laughs> so like I think I need to rewatch it, mm. and then just seep in my hatred. <laughs> yeah, I definitely won't be rewatching that. I remember. I think I saw it in the cinemas. I was just. It's one of those films I just never got. I never understood, but people. I liked hate it. when he turns into the beast. The beast. Oh yeah, like yeah. Like the yeah. final, like when he, like, like he, he's proper eating people. Like I was like, mm. that was like, that's so tonally off with everything else that's going on in this film. Yeah, and it's then, sort of grounded. But then before. it's just like, oh no, don't worry about it because it's in the same universe as Unbreakable. So yeah, he's actually yeah, a super yeah. villain. And yeah. I was like, that doesn't make a fucking difference to what the film was beforehand. Yeah, because I remember I was sort of, uh, I'd read. I can't remember. It was like 2014, wasn't it? That came out. I'd read that there's came out ages ago. Yeah, there was a sequel to Unbreakable coming out, or in the works, and I was like, that sounds like Unbreakable is one of those movies that like sort of deserved a sequel. I think, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, and uh, I was like, oh, that's gonna be great. But then I sort of forgot about it, and then I watched Split, and I saw that as like, uh, this is tying into the the Unbreakable universe, and I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, please no. And it was just, I haven't seen Glass, I don't know. Apparently, it is awful. Is Sam Jackson in that? Yeah, he is, yeah. Is he? Apparently, it's fucking awful. Sad. Absolutely sad. But you see all those, you know, on YouTube, where you like, get like, those recommended videos where they're like millions of views, like yeah. 20 million views, and it's just like a random video. And like usually it's like iconic films, and uh, like Godfather opening scene, or like, uh, you know, Apocalypse Now, like helicopter scene, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, I remember one of the days I saw uh, Split, this, the scene where he gets in the car and he's like, he's like Patricia or whatever. Like, that was, I had like f- something like fucking 40 million views. I was like, that was the day I knew I, I was out of touch. Like, I didn't, I completely lost touch with the uh, the masses, you know, with the kids. I was like, what? How? Like, obviously a lot of people get a lot out of that, that film, but I just don't get it. I don't get it. Is that the bit where he, like, he just sits in the car? And he's like, he turns around and he's like someone else. Yeah, because he, he's like the hygiene guy. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically where he he splits into a different personality. Yeah, yeah. And set in the car. I can't remember any other specifics, but it had a lot of views, and it was depressing to see. 
That is depressing. <laughs> just chug the wine. Yeah, just gotta take a sip of wine after that. That was, that was bleak. Yeah. Um, enough, enough for Shyamalan hate. Back to Die Hard. Yeah, back to Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, I like it. I know. I mean, there's nothing to say about Die Hard, really. Everything's been said about it. Yeah. It really goes hard. Have you seen the other ones? I've seen Die Hard 3 and 4. Mm. Die Hard 3 is very good. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one where... Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson, yeah, yeah. That's funny, yeah. It's really good. And then Die Hard 4, which apparently... I, I watched it when I was younger. Um, But I remember liking it when I was like younger. I was like, that was a really cool action film. Um, but apparently it's better when you watch it the like unrated version of it because it was originally fifteens, but like there's a there's an eighteens cut of it. Oh really? Which is apparently better. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Die Hard is go- like bloody. Yeah, it is. It's like intense. It's gritty. You know, it's real. He doesn't wear any shoes throughout the entire thing. He doesn't wear any shoes. Yeah, he doesn't have any shoes. That's how you know it's real. Yeah, and then there's a bit where he has to walk on glass. Mm. I remember the uh, with Live Free Die Hard. Or whatever it's called. I think it's called Die Hard 4.0 here. Yeah. Um, it is, yeah. But I remember it was like, it's like really action-y. But it's like, it's also completely ridiculous in the way that the first three aren't. Like Oh yeah, like there's a bit the, like... Mm, there's a bit where they drive a car into a helicopter. Yeah. And, and they just, survive. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was so good when I was... When I was yeah, younger. same. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because I could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Justin Long is pretty good in it. He's really good. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Mm. I was like that guy, who's in all the two thousands films. Yeah, the little weedy guy. Yeah, who's like always like the same character. Mm-hmm. He just plays himself. Hey, where did he go? He's been gone for a while. He's in. Um, I think he writes or something because mm. he's in. Um, oh, what the fuck? Um, this is the end. Is that what that film's called? Oh, is he with the uh, Franco and all? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what that film's called? This is the end. This is the end. Yeah. 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 He's in that. He's good. Mm. It's funny. Yeah, it's most, funny of, most of them are good, though. Mm. Michael Sarah plays himself. And then he dies, and it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. He's like, but like the, the character that he's playing is like the opposite of him. A complete fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. Who's mad into drugs and like <laughs> beating more girls and all. Yeah. And yeah. drinking loads. Yeah. It's almost like a joke against Michael Sarah. Yeah. It's like this guy's just a loser. In <laughs> this guy's a complete fucking virgin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man, what happened to him? Like, like Zara. Yeah, no, but you ever see like, like what happened? Like, he looks different. It's like they swapped him out for someone in the two thousands. Like, he looks like you know Michael Sarah from Rest of Development. It, he looks I think so different. I think it's because he like lost like a load of weight. He's real skinny. Well, in he like was skinny in before, like ah, but he's really skinny. Like he's mm. really skinny, like Scott Pilgrim, mm. which is like part of his character. Like yeah, yeah, but like. Like he was he, not not to say he was big or anything when he was younger, but like you know, he had more weight on him anyway. Yeah, he just looks so different. It's like one of those Paul McCartney situations. It's like, did they kill the original Michael Sarah? <laughs> he just looks so different to me. But yeah, it's good though. I yeah. haven't seen him in anything in the ages though. But again, I think it's because Michael Sarah plays Michael Sarah. Yeah, he's doing music as well. He does music. He has a lo-fi band. We, we might have ourselves a Sarah Christmas, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a terrible job. What have you been watching? <laughs> what have I been watching? I watched um, Monsters, Inc. Ooh. On Friday. Classic. An absolute classic. Such an emotional film. Such an emotional film. Hits all the beats. Sully's amazing. That's the first film I saw in cinema, I'm pretty sure. Really, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2001 is released. scared the shit out of me. Yeah. The part where he's roaring. Mm-hmm. That's scary. It's also really the sad. The start is so intense. 
the start. Yeah. Uh, when she breaks into the into the monster world. No, no, when like it's the opening and it's it's Sully scaring the kid. Oh like, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a really good concept and stuff. One of the one of the great Pixar Pixar films. They've really fallen out of uh, fallen off the horse recently. Have they? Jesus. Yeah. But that was like one of the because I, Wally was meant to be the last Pixar film. Was it? Like right. So when Pixar started off, they they started off with like eight ideas or nine ideas, or whatever, and it went like all the films that came out were like up until Wally. Are the key or were the original film ideas that they had? Mm. So they had all these ideas, and then once you get to Wally, is where the drop like kind of comes, and that's because of that reason. I thought Wally was shy. To be fair, Wally's good when you're older. Mm. It's just boring, but it's good when you're older. Yeah, I never got it when I was younger, but uh, but it's for that because it's like it was for kids that had grown up watching films. So it's like this is an older kind of film because mm. Ratatouille is like. That's kind of boring as well because it's like an indie film, basically. Yeah, I'm not, I didn't like. I hated Wally and Ratatouille. But when you watch them now, they're mm. way better. I'll have to rewatch them. I might do a little marathon. Mm. Um, Don't get rid of that Disney Plus subscription just yet. <laughs> nah, not just yet. Just so I get all these in. Do it one day. But after that, yeah, I not, I, I remember I watched the uh, the Pixar. There's like a Pixar documentary released in like 2007 explaining it all. And like I had that bit about it, which I just remember now. Like all the original ideas but they also had a policy of no sequels which they broke with Toy Story 2 but they're mm-hmm. like never again and now all their films are sequels well, also like you know Toy Story 2 is arguably better than Toy Story 1 yeah I don't know so they like they're you know, re- it's really good really good sequel it, like, it works so I'm okay mm-hmm. with that like it's fine if you're gonna give us a Toy Story 2 break okay. it break it just cool. do it cool yeah <laughs> Toy Story 3 is also good Toy Story 4 I'm sure it's good but they're pushing it a bit you know Toy Story, a, the end now just leave it at that there's only so much you can do with a Toy Story yeah. you know I'm pretty sure it's just the same story again with a different a different kid. You know, just leave it. Leave it be. Monster I know Monsters University is shite. Yeah, it rubbish. is. Rubbish. Absolute it rubbish. It's not good. Um Inside Out was pretty good, but never reaches the heights. Yeah, I never reaches the heights in my didn't opinion. Didn't really like uh Inside Out. Mm, I, there's a lot about it that I do really like, but it just it didn't hit that yeah, it's that emotional beat that I didn't get off it. Yeah, it doesn't at hit all. the heights. It is sad in parts, but like it's more like they're trying to get you they're trying to live but up it, to the Pixar thing and it really tries to be sad yeah uh-huh. like a character dies <laughs> yeah they kill off the elephant guy Bim Bob or whatever the fuck Bob, yeah that is the sad part but it's like am I being manipulated here it's, yeah. not, it's not like the original ones where you're like oh god it's like natural as part of the story mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I can't remember what else they put out Coco Coco have you watched it yeah but it's like the same kind of thing like mm. it's the same kind of thing yeah I didn't really feel like I felt like a lot of music was leading my emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's all because that um, they just got caught into the whole Disney thing. Like Disney sort of lifted off around yeah. then as well. Why well, don't even think Up is that good? I liked Up. O- up is so emotionally abusive, though. Uh, up, like so up, manipulative. Like, once, like, go back, watch Up, and skip the opening, and then just think about the rest. Just think about that film. Then it's like it's like that was opening. That opening sequence is it's, amazing. It's so so sad it's so so sad and it works so well it's yeah the rest of the film is not that good I liked it I liked it but I know what you mean but I feel like it has that sort of or when I watched it it had that sort of magic that the early ones do mm. as well but yeah the, the, the like they start off with that thing it's like they get the, the crying out of the way at the start mm. and then just play along with the rest of the film which is almost a better approach than that. Like just like pretending oh this character is uh, totally ju- not in here yet, just to make you cry like 10 minutes before the end you know yeah it's like the, it's like they made the best short film ever 
yeah but yeah. there's no way you could release that as a short film for kids yeah uh-huh. so you had to make a film afterwards uh-huh. yeah yeah that's so sad man everyone's crying when i watched that it's so good <laughs> it's so good yeah but uh yeah monsters inc great film I yeah, think everyone is. I think everyone knows Nemo. that. Nemo. It's so good as well. Yeah. But like Monsters Inc. Yeah. I haven't watched Monsters Inc. in ages. But like I remember it being good. I remember really liking it. Yeah. A great one. A truly a great one. It is a great I one. I love Sully. What a guy. And I love the like the joke, like of like fucking Mike Liv- Mike Lizowski. Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. Yeah. Uh Mike Lizowski. He's so funny. Not only is he fucking gas, but like the the ongoing joke where like he's constantly being covered. Oh yeah, yeah. But on like the magazines, I, but even Disney Plus do it. Oh, do they? When you go on to watch the like it on Disney Plus, the play button like is covering his eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah, that joke is hilarious. Yeah, is it? Is <laughs> so, it? <laughs> and he's like, I did it. I made it on the front cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it Billy Crystal or something that does that? He's, yeah, he's the perfect voice actor for him. But uh, I have like a I have like a little like plush toy of like sully from like uh like way back in the day obviously and like he's one of those toys that like, that, like talk mm. you know he had like catchphrases and stuff and he did a roar and stuff when you squeeze him he's holding one of those you know the little tanks mm-hmm. the, the yellow tanks i but think that, my cousin had that yeah but i found him there like last year like i dug him out dug him out from the uh the attic and uh i was like squeezing him and he, cause he was still talking he was still doing the roar he's still like doing his catchphrases do or whatever the roar. <laughs> do the roar but uh I did it like three or four times and then he just goes and just like dies. Died in my hands. <laughs> died in my hands. I was like, I've fin- this is my boo moment. I've finally grown up. It's <laughs> oh like, God. this is where I leave you, Sully. You know, <laughs> you've done me well these these past 20 years. It was so, so it was, it was lo- low-key emotional. Like, I was like, oh, he just died in my hands. He had to actually go. Yeah, yeah, this treasured childhood memory. He still does the but like, this, like it's not the same. I think you just replace the batteries to be okay. Yeah, yeah, but that, that defeats the point. <laughs> that defeats the that'd be like doing that'd be like Monsters Universe. That's like a sequel to the thing, you know. You're supposed to let it <laughs> yeah, die. Just you know? let, it die. let it die. That literally is. If you put batteries into it, you're making them a fucking Monsters Universe yeah, thing move. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> let them die. God bless. Rest in peace, Sully. Oh, that's such a good comparison. <laughs> oh God. So, which which one would be your favorite uh, Pixar film? Yeah, my favorite. What are they? I think. Bugs Life, Toy Story, Toy Story Two, Three. We'll, we'll just do the originals because my eyes. Monsters Inc. Find a Nemo. Nemo. Up. Mm. What's in Wally, between? Ratatouille. Nah, nah, definitely, uh, definitely Monsters Inc. Or maybe Find a Nemo. I th- yeah, I think Finding Nemo is my favorite. Yeah, it's just the water looks so cool. I was and mesmerized. It still looks good. It still looks good. Yeah, it still looks good. Really, really cool. Even the humans don't even look that bad. Mm, yeah, like they don't look like the like the kid in like Toy Story. Mm, yeah, I've never seen Finding Dory, but I'd say it's shite. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's absolutely like, wank. It's, it's pretty boring. Ellen DeGeneres, she, like she was just she's the side character in that film. Like she doesn't need her own film. Incredibles know? too, as well. Oh, actually, oh, my, shit, Incredibles, Incredibles. Incredibles. Incredibles is my favorite. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, Incredibles. I Incredibles love, is my favorite I as well. Love the incre- my like. I can't believe we forgot it. Everything about the film is so good. Yeah. How, yeah, how did we forget the best one? Like, like I'd say by far. Or not by far. But like, we only remembered the best one by remembering the like the, one it, of the worst, worst sequels. sequels. Yeah, I actually I've never seen the sequel. But what about Cars? <laughs> oh man, yeah, I've always hated Cars. I always hated Cars. I've as always well. hated Cars. 
Except for that song, Life is a Highway. That's a great song. It's a great PS2 game as well. Is it? Yeah. yeah it oh, is. I had it on PSP, I remember. I used to play the shit out of that game. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I hated Cars. That was from uh, your man, John Lasseter. Like, he founded Pixar. Mm. His justification was he was really into cars. He was really into toys. <laughs> he was really into making toys. He's, yeah, he's really into into cars. So he's like, I'm going to make a film about cars. And he just, it's just called Cars. And yeah. It's about cars. They just do car things. It's just like, what were you thinking? How did this man go so mad with power that he made a film just, just about cars, you know? <laughs> but it's just like, what are they going to do? Race. Just going to race. Like, okay, so what's the story going to be? Racing. <laughs> <laughs> just going to drive. And the whole thing with like, they have like car hotels and shit. And like the implication they have car sex and stuff. Bizarre. But then there's cars two and three as well. And I'm pretty sure in the third one he dies. <laughs> Does he? Lightning McQueen dies. <laughs> yeah, you only think he dies. Or like the trailer or like he gets seriously injured in anyway. like they, it's, about, <laughs> it's about aging as well. <laughs> they put him out of commission like. Like it's literally uh, cars turns into Toy Story basically. What? Like, but like shitter in every single fucking way. Yeah, he gets in a wreck or something. Yeah, literally. What? But he gets in a wreck because he's an old car. That's, that's, that's just terrible. Like, he has to give up racing because he can't do it anymore. Yeah. And that's what the film is about. And then Cars 2 is apparently like a, a James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah, I think I watched bits of Cars 2 before. A load of bollocks, like. But, like, that's a cool idea, though, for Cars 3. If that's, if, if what I'm, let's to kill believe. Him off. Not to kill him off, but, like, it's about aging. Yeah. Or whatever. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, with, Alzheimer's. but with Cars. <laughs> Whereas, like, the car scene is just them driving alongside yeah. each other for, like, and then it's an just hour. The, and it's just the Fast and Furious <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> The same song. Like, just Mater and uh, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> it's just, uh, Lightning McQueen starts to fall apart as he drifts off into the, uh, oh, into the other lane. But imagine, imagine, like, when he falls apart and a little person walks away. Yeah, Like, yeah. a little person. Uh, like, or, yeah. like, that bit where, like, it, like, is Mater or whatever, and he just rolls down the window, and then it just cuts. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be so cool. You never know what's actually in the car. Yeah. Yeah, what is in the car? Yeah. Look inside. Look under the hood. Do you ever see those memes of it? No. It's like this, like, a f- like, a, <laughs> like a, a, a brain. And then it's just like wheels jammed into a brain. And then just skin folded yeah. over. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like, that's when you knew things were going a bit haywire. You know, they're mm. too successful for their own good. You know, like imagine making a film called Bikes or something, you know. Well, they had a spin-off called Planes as well, yeah. so... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, yeah, that's the same thing there. Like, that's just, like, really... Uh, that was, the cars was never good, um, but uh, that, had, that had three... Like, that was a trilogy. Yeah. I think it's it. the only one that has a trilogy. Oh, no, fucking Toy Story. Toy Story, Toy Story started trilogy. in, like, the fucking... It started in, like, the 90s. 95. It's older than me, like... Yeah, yeah. It's, very it's older than you, I'm pretty sure. Is it 95 or is it yeah. 96? It's 95, I think. And then... Either way, it's all in me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Fuck it. No more Pixar movies. We've had enough. Or at least just make good ones. Yeah, just make good ones. Let us write one. Don't let us write one. <laughs> <laughs> that we, Mar- Mar- Me and Mark spent like 10 minutes trying to figure out like a, a fucking... <laughs> trying to write yeah. a fucking... Maybe it's in, maybe it's the new opening. Maybe we actually did do it. But like we fucking spent ages genius. trying to write something for that. I'd say it's genius by now, you know. By the time we're listening to this. Mm. We've had like two weeks, so <laughs> it's fucking want to be limerick. good. It's right, one limerick. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Um, what else have you been watching? I watched a bit of Harry Potter. 
And Narnia as well. Narnia is great. Harry Potter is shite. Absolutely <laughs> shite. You know, it's one of those controversial things I have to say. Because um, lo- people love Harry Potter. And people I don't, I don't, fucking love Harry Potter. People love Harry Potter to a creepy and disturbing extent. Well, some people do. I think a lot of people now are like, J.K. Rowling. Mm. J.K. Rowling, she's a little fucking, she's scum. She's, she's she was always a scumbag. She was a, uh, remember she used to post daily about how much she hates Jeremy Corbyn on Twitter for years? No, I don't remember that. No, nah, she used to do that. She had, a, she had one tweet back in like, I think before the British general election 2017 and it's just Corbyn is not Dumbledore like you know the way people do that with the the full stops Jesus Christ it's the most cringeworthy thing I've ever seen she's just like a right winger she's just a, she was always a terrible person she wasn't even a, she's not even a good writer she's not good at anything she had a good idea she had a good idea a very marketable idea she had an amazing idea Harry Potter is just su- such a rich and like creative world and the books are I really like the books but they're kids books and uh, I like a lot of the movies as well. Uh, but Harry Potter shit. Harry Potter 1, <laughs> shite. Plot holes everywhere. So it doesn't make any sense, you know? Like, wizards, uh, you know? <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> What's that all about? The whole thing. Well, there's so many plot holes. I'm, I feel ridiculous talking about plot holes and fucking Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, but, like, there are plot holes <laughs> that were hard to get, get by. CGI isn't great. The acting is actually amazing. The kids are really good acting. They sort of deserve all their success. Fair play to them. I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say they're terrible. No, the kids, they're actually amazing. Danny I'm pretty Rad- sure Danny Radcliffe isn't that good. I remember being, he's like the weakest out of them all. The weakest link? I thought he was pretty good. Especially for someone who's carrying the movie. He's basically mm. in every scene, you know? And he's, what, 10 years old? 11? I think he's even younger. Yeah. And uh, they're really, the, the main three are amazing. Very good actors. But in that... What's it all about? They hate Snape for no reason. They try to set him on fire. Yeah, for be- no reason. Because he looks sinister. He has long hair. It's like... I understand them, like, setting him on fire for the curse, but they just hate him beforehand just because he looks evil. Yeah, it's like, your man's evil. He's trying to steal the Philosopher's Stone. Everyone's like, what's that? And they just... It's never brought up again, you no, know? No, until just, the end. Yeah, it's just like, how do you know... How do they know what the Philosopher's Stone is? Why did they assume that it's in this in this vault? Uh, why did they assume that Snape is going after specifically... Like, maybe they, they think he's evil for whatever reason. But why do they think he's specifically going after the Philosopher's Stone? They have no reason to think that. They just assume that that's what's happening. And then they follow it. They they go into this... They meet the three-headed dog, Cerberus. They run into that. That, that thing looked like shit even in 2001. Yeah, it doesn't look good. But they run into that, and they're like, oh, the Philosopher's Stone must be underneath the dog. And of course it is. But, like, how do they know that? They just assume that... They, they risk their lives going to the dog's chamber. Is it not like there's riddles or something? I don't know. Whatever Whatever it is... How do they know what they're looking for is underneath there? Mm. Maybe it's a riddle for something else. It's a big it's a big place. It's a big mm. school, you know? They've loads of fucking hidden corridors and stuff and, like, magical places. Like, maybe it's just, like, a fucking, I don't know, like a, a wand or something or, like, an office. Um, and they just assume the Philosopher's Stone is down there and they go through all these different trials. And it's pretty cool. And it's, it's a good part. Um, but it just doesn't add up. It's just... <laughs> It's just a load, <laughs> just a load of bollocks. <laughs> I wish I could like make a gif over like the expression that you just made there. Like it would be like the perfect gif of like not giving a shit. <laughs> yeah, it's just the second, third, and fourth one are definitely the best by far. Yeah, and then I watched Narnia, which is great. Which the is soundtrack great. actually? Well, the sound Narnia or, one, Narnia one. The like orchestra work, or whatever, and like Harry Potter is very good. But that team, that team from from Narnia mm. is amazing. It swells up yeah. so beautifully. Yeah. I really like Narnia 1. Yeah. Aslan's such a tragic character. You know? So is Jesus, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
just get straight to the point. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about Jesus. Yeah, it's just it's just a Jesus allegory, but it's done so well. And um the scene where they like kill Aslan, so sad. Still mm. sad. Oh, they skin him and all. It's very I oh, know, they just cut off but, his mane. Yeah, you know, they skin him. Yeah, but um he dies for Edmund's sins of a uh, eating a chocolate bar from the White Witch, which is obviously an allegory for the sins of humanity, um, under the rule of the devil or whatever. Which is just like <laughs> it's a bit much. It's a bit much. <laughs> like he like no, but like they 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 they, they fucking shave him. They shave him, yeah. And then they stab him. Yeah. And they torture him for a bit because Edmund ate a chocolate bar. <laughs> no, he. Oh, I don't know. But like, I, I know, no, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it is like that. It's basically from that, yeah, yeah. From the eating a Turkish delight. Yeah. But, um, oh, fat prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never liked Edmund. But it is good. And the star of that takes place during the Blitz. Yeah, yeah, it's set during the war and stuff. The rider was Irish. Northern Irish, I believe. C.S. Lewis. I think he was a prod, so he's like, talking about like... Protestant Jesus. Protestant <laughs> Jesus, yeah, yeah. You know. He didn't listen to mass and Latin. He listened to Aslan, you know. It is good. <laughs> listen to Aslan. It is good though, and it's just like I really liked. I read all the books as a kid, so I really liked it. Mm. Magician's nephew, which is like uh, a prequel to *Line the Witch in the Wardrobe*, which is actually released as a book later. It's like it's hard to sort of explain, but that was like one of my favorite books when I was younger. And so like I really like followed along with the uh, with the films when they're coming out. I expected them to be way worse when I watched them again. But they're actually, uh, like, the first one is really good. And then the second two aren't as bad as I would have expected, mm. you know? Is there a fourth one? No, there's only three. All right. Yeah. The third one has... Is there only three books? Uh, no, there's, like, seven or eight books. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's loads of books. Definitely worth a watch. Line mm. the Wish in the Wardrobe, at least, you know? If you're looking for something comfy this this Yuletide season. It is good, though. I mean, like, that mm. fucking... The ending of it, like, that battle's really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I remember that. And the scene where they shave him is really scary. Or it was really scary to me as a kid. It's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. You're like, it is oh, fucked up. Aslan. And like, Le- it's really Le- tense. Yeah. And Liam Neeson's great as Aslan. <laughs> it's like um, Passion of the Christ for kids. It literally is, yeah. <laughs> it's literally Passion of the Christ, but like retold. Mm. I also found that uh, Orla was showing me this like BBC version that they did in the 80s of uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe where Aslan is just a puppet. I think I've seen that. Oh, really? I think I've seen like bits of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Aslan's just like a puppet, mm. and like all the scenery is just like cardboard cutouts, basically. And it looked hilarious. I watched a few minutes of that. That was also pretty funny. But um, you know, I know, I feel you. Talk about Jesus, Mark Shrek. Oh, the green Jesus. The green Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Absolutely, God bless him. God bless him. We watched Shrek the Halls, uh, and uh, Far Far Away Idol, I think. And I watched Scared Shrekless. Mm. All the shorts. All the shorts. That are all produced like in between films, weren't they? Yeah, Shrek S- Shrek yeah. the Halls is in between three and four and then Scared Shrekless came out afterwards, I think. Mm. That's the that's the newest Shrek film. Scared Shrekless, <laughs> yeah. is it? Pretty sure. Yeah. Why did they release that? Why not? Keep Shrek alive. What's it about? Keep the dream alive. <laughs> Keep Shrek alive. It's about him on Halloween. But like it's like it's kind of like a Trio's a horror episode. Oh, okay. Um, but it breaks the continuity of Shrek. How? Because the babies walk and talk in this. Oh, no. But it's their first Halloween. Yeah. Right? So, Shrek... Right, so we're talking about Scary Shrek first, because oh, there's not much wait. to talk about, right? Yeah. So, Shrek the Halls takes place 
on their first Christmas. Mm. And Shrek Four is their first birthday. Yeah. So they're obviously Makes born. Sense. They're they're obviously born before. Like they're gonna have a first Christmas before they have their first birthday. Mm. Shrek, scared Shrekless. There's a line where Fiona says it's their first Halloween, but they're walking and talking. Mm. And they're scaring people because they're ogres. But like they're literally like they're tackling people to the ground and stuff like that. As babies. As, are, they, are they just babies? They're toddlers. Oh. Basically. Yeah. But they're but they're one year old. And younger than they are in Shrek Forever After. What? Like they're let's say they're younger in Shrek Forever After than they than they clearly are in this. Okay. Because they're like they're walking and talking. <laughs> so it breaks the continuity, it breaks the Shrek lore. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. That's a bit unacceptable, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Completely unacceptable. That completely uh, destroys the whole sort of suspension of disbelief, you know? Like, what Like what are you to believe in that universe now, you know? I know. Nothing. Like, Nothing. I can, I can accept fairies. Yeah. And I can accept, you know, all the other magical creatures. This is a nihilist Shrek. This is, it's a joke is what it is, Mark. It's, it's, a, it's a joke. Joker Shrek. Um, I was like, what, what, I know... I think I deleted my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking um, cursed notes. <laughs> but like, so what happens is, is that uh, so uh, Shrek comes in after like scaring trick or treaters or whatever, and then he comes in and he's like, "That's why ogres are the king of Halloween or whatever." And then everyone else is there, and they're like, "Oh, we're, we're, how about we have a, comp- a competition to tell scary stories?" And then whoever wins is the king of Halloween. Mm. So Shrek's like, "All right, fine, yeah, that's fine." But I get to name where we're doing it. So they walk to Duloc. What? And Duloc is a fucking ghost town. Yeah. And it's apparently haunted by um, Lord Farquaad's ghost. And there's a bit where Shrek says, his blood is on your hands. And Donkey says, it was an accident. What? <laughs> because Cause his wife killed him. Because his wife killed Lord yeah, Farquaad. Yeah. But like, sh- like, Donkey's getting the blame for it. Because he ordered his wife to do it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because Shrek didn't have the balls to do it, basically. No. Yeah. Right. And there's a bit where like they they redo the uh you know the the like where they hit the like vending machine thing or oh yeah the and uh, the, like the little people mm. come out and they sing or whatever. They do that again, mm. but it's like a real fucked up version of them where their eyes are popping out oh, right. and they're they're singing a or, like Duloc is a ghost town, it's a demon place or whatever, and like. They're killing each other, and yeah. then it like it takes the photograph again, and it's like a warped photo of like Donkey and uh, Shrek. Oh, that's sort of cool. It is cool. Yeah, yeah. Like there's all these really cool throwbacks to the first one, and like, but it's like Shrek, like Duloc was like a happy place. Mm. Like the people there seem to be digging it. You know, they the all perfect place. They were enjoying the fucking the gladiator stuff and all that. Like they were all mm. enjoying. That's the only look into Duloc that we have. Yeah. So like I don't know, maybe it's really fucked up, but like. They were pretty happy. And Shrek and Donkey killed their leader. And all these people had to flee their homes because they had no leader. God knows what happens after the fall of Farquaad. Who knows what happened Yeah, then. refugee crisis in far, far away. As we, as we know, fucking, like, uh, Dragon went on a fucking rampage. Because, like, Donkey, when they were outside the church, Donkey's like, oh, you go ahead, you do whatever you want. And she oh, goes on yeah, a rampage yeah. to Duloc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duloc was attacked by a dragon and is now a fucking ghost land. Jesus. Ghost uh, town. Yeah, so that that sort of that sort of makes the first one sort of cooler, you know. It does. <laughs> you just like donkeys like genocide the the Dulakians, you yeah. know. Like and that's that's what happened off screen. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. 
And so then they go up and they sit beside a fire and they all tell like ghost stories or whatever. And they're all like, but they're like the tree has a horror ones. So like, um, fucking Gingy's story is that him and his girlfriend were sitting in like a fucking gingerbread car, whatever. Mm. And like, it's like, you know, the start of like a fifties, like monster movie. Yeah. Is that not? And then Santa appears and Santa eats his girlfriend. Oh, that's from Scourge or Shrek the Halls, isn't it? No, that's good. Oh, shit. Yeah, it is. What the fuck is Gingy's one then? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? I'm confusing them now. <laughs> Gingy does have a story, though. Yeah. That was really. That was the best part of Shrek the Halls. That was. It was fucking gas. That was hilarious. And then he runs away at the end of Shrek, uh, yeah. Shrek the Halls. He's like, ah, Santa. And he runs what off. The fuck <laughs> oh, hold on. All right. Yeah, no, sorry. I was mistaken. That is Shrek the Halls. The one in Scary Trekless is Gingy goes to the gingerbread man and she and so this is his scary story and he says to Jin, to the gingerbread man I want you to make me the perfect woman or whatever. So he makes him a little gingerbread woman but they add too much sugar and they make her too sweet. Oh. Right? Horrifying. So she comes out and she's really obsessive and like really she's fucking crazy basically and like really mm. possessive. So Gingy tries to run away and ends up killing her. Oh God. Right. He like knocks her into like the machine that made her basically mm. and then the machine like makes more of her but they're all like body horror versions of her oh shit and they all come and they kill and eat Jinji what and that's the end of it like Jinji dies Jinji dies in that story Jinji dies in that story right and so like some people like run away or whatever and are scared and then Puss is about to tell a story but then Donkey interrupts him and then it's the two of them arguing over who's controlling the story and it's them recreating um, Psycho with oh. Prince Charming as Norman Bates. Yeah. Um, and then it goes on for like them flip-flopping back and forth. And then like Donkey sprays Puss and Boots with water. And then because he's scared of water. So he runs away. Is and he? then Shrek tells the exorcist in the version of Pinocchio being the girl <laughs> and Shrek being the priest. <laughs> And then it's all like, there's a voice in my head, there's a voice in my head. And then, like, uh, Pinocchio's, like, thrown out of the room or whatever, and he hits his head off the ground or whatever, and he f- Cricket comes out because it's Pinocchio. Oh, and that was yeah. the voice in his head. And then Pinocchio kills his conscience. He, like, steps on him and kills him. Oh, God. So then, yeah, so that's what that is. And then it's all, rev- then, like, you know, they all, then the castle starts making noises, and you're like, oh, shit, wait, is the place actually haunted? And Shrek's like, oh, shit, no, this isn't me. And then... A ghost kind of appears and Donkey runs away. But then you find out there was actually Fiona and the three ogre babies oh, that geez. were doing it the entire time. And Shrek was in on it. Wow. That's terrible. But like every terrible ending. The start is terrible and the end is terrible. And it's only because the ogre babies are in it and it's awful. The ogre babies are like one of, are by far the worst thing about this entire franchise. Easily. They're just. Easily. They have nothing going for them. Like, like they're not even cute. Like you can't you can't even make like the toys with them were just weird. They're just ugly. They're mm. just they're not welcome in the Shrek franchise. No. You know, like why are they there? They're just annoying. They are even annoying. even Shrek hates them. They're there to fucking sell toys. Yeah, they didn't even do that. Didn't even do a good job of that. No, terrible. So if I was to rate uh, Scared Shrekless on the on the Shrekometer, <laughs> the Ogometer, the Ogometer, <laughs> the Ogrometer, <laughs> <laughs> I would give it. Um, I'd give it like a three. I'd give it three awful Duloc massacres out of five. That's pretty good, yeah. It, the, the story sounded pretty good. They are pretty good. And they're uh, like a cool twist on things that you already know. 
Yeah, it's Tree- like a, a weird, like it's like a a horror episode. Like, mm, yeah, but that's, that's what you want through the Shrek lens. The Shrek lens, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, Far Far Away Idol, mm. which is a tag on to Shrek Two, which is on the special features. I think it played. You're saying it, but played at the end of it. Uh, I think it did. Yeah, I feel like it did definitely. So like I've seen it loads of times before. I remember it pretty well. But it's the one where um, Simon Cowell's in it. Simon Simon Cowell shows up. And um, and he plays Simon. He plays Simon Cowell, and it's basically like American Idol, but with <laughs> uh, the cast of Shrek Two. So it has like Gingy, uh, Captain Hook, Donkey, uh, Shrek, Prince Charming, Prince Charming, um, and Puss, Puss, and a yeah. few other people just sing songs. Well, not even like full songs. They just yeah, sing they, snippets. They just sing snippets of songs, and then Simon Cowell does a uh, his his quips are actually pretty funny. Mm. Like, they're they're pretty uh they're pretty good, um. And uh, it's just good. It's it's like it's like eight minutes long. I think it's very. You can take seven minutes. Yeah, it's very very short. It's well worth a watch. I think everyone has seen it. To be fair, mm. but um, like it's so it? yeah. No, I watched yeah, it as yeah, well. Yeah. It's so like simple. Mm, that's really good. Yeah, Simon Cowell is actually good in it as well. It's pretty like he's his his lines are pretty good. You know, and he plays it off, plays the character well. Um, like obviously none of it makes sense because um. Well, it's literally the end, and the drunkies are. This is where the drunkies were introduced. Mm. Oh, they're they're oh, introduced no, sorry, at they're, the end. They're of, at the end, end of the end track too, yeah. which I actually had never seen before. And then I went back for like to see it like last week when mm. we were sitting here watching having, it for some reason. Watching yeah. The end of track two, um, <laughs> just the end. Just the end of it. Just the end of it. Um, but like I'd never seen that before. I didn't know that they were in track two. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But they're at the start of this as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's somewhere in this as well. But, but it, like, it's, it takes place like at the end of Shrek 2. Yeah, it's like after the party's it's over. It's so weird. And Simon Cowell just shows up. And Prince Charming is still there, but he's like he sings a song. I think it's um, I'm Too Sexy For My Shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, all the songs are like burned in my head. Probably because I watched it so much. It just adds to the Shrek 2 soundtrack. Yeah, it does. It does. It actually does. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great little great little uh, ditty, you know? Great mm-hmm. little short, yeah. Why would you rate it? Uh, out of five, um, I don't know, five uh, idle judges out of five. You give him full marks. I'm gonna give like based on the on the shorts. Or are we going out like? No, no, Shrek universe. Shrek like, universe. But uh, you don't, it doesn't need to compare it to anything. It's like your own personal dreams. So it my can own, be a five. My own my own personal opinion of it. I think it's at least. You don't need to compare it to anything on the else on the list. I'd say I'd say it's a four. It's a four, four at least. Um, yeah, out of five. Four to five. In my opinion. Four American Idols out of five. Absolutely. Four cows out of five. <clears throat> yeah, I think... Four drunkies out of five. I'm not as high on it as you are, Mark. I, I like say. it. I like it. So I'm going to give it a three. A three, another three? Okay. Another three. Like, you know, it's pretty... It's so short and it's inoffensive and it's easy. Which is why I, I like it. was over before I knew that it started, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like eight minutes long. I watched it Mental. on like 1.5 speed as well. Because the... The hassle I had to go through today to get this, to get all these shorts playing was ridiculous. I spent, like, my computer completely shot the bed. <laughs> Absolutely shot the bed. I was so annoyed at it. Like, I was just I was just trying to, I was just trying to sit down and watch Netflix and turn on the fucking, on the Shrek shorts. Shrek it up. And they Shrek it up. They absolutely, sh- they Shrek the bed. <laughs> and uh, it just, it like, it crashed twice. And I had to, like, restart the entire computer mm. and restart all the programs and then go back into Netflix. And then it was like, it was jittery for ages. It took it took two hours and all to get it working. Fuck that. Just to watch Shrek the Halls and uh, Far Far Away uh, Idol. Um, but it was worth it for Far Far Away Idol. It was worth it. 
<laughs> it appeased me that eight minutes. So I was like, but I watched it all on one point five speed because so I was like, like four minutes. I, five I literally minutes. didn't. I didn't have time because I was like, I was going up here at like eight, and then I was like, th- I was this is at six. I was like, I don't have time to watch all this, you know, like at normal speed. So, but yeah, it, was, it definitely appeased me. Far, far away, idol. It's good. It is. I give it three American idols. Or far, far away idols, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Shrek, the halls. The piece, the resistance. The piece that made this Christmas episode what it is. Yeah, this is what it's all about. This Shrek is what it's about. We literally planned this Christmas episode like a month in advance mm-hmm. just so that... We Shrek timed it up we timed specifically it. for <laughs> Shrek the halls to be on Christmas. This thing is a load of shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah, this is a. Um, it actually annoyed me. Yeah, it is. It's it's but like I like how it's how short it is, which is its best feature is how short it is. It's twenty five minutes though, or like twenty is minutes. It? Yeah. Oh god, but it's it's it is it's a bit long for a short, but it's also short enough that you can sort of get past it. I think because mm. this is like Shrek three condensed into about twenty five minutes. Like they could have just not released Shrek three and just released this instead. And then skip to Shrek 4. This came out, sorry, this came out between 3 and 4. Yeah, yeah. They should have just not released 3. They should have just done this. <laughs> just just, just don't... Like, this is all the same teams. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not good. It's not like, good. I was watching it, and I was like, Donkey and all... Like, I actually fucking hate Donkey in this. <laughs> He's such a fucking asshole. Yeah. And he's just like, why did Shrek have to be so mean or whatever? It's like, you literally... You invited yourself into his gaff and On then Christmas, yeah. tore the place down. Yeah, and it, you brought your you brought your babies with you. Yeah, you brought your mates and stuff. You know, it's like I don't know. It just it's inconsiderate, and everyone blames Shrek again. Yeah, and Fiona's pissed off. Like, yeah, Fiona, yeah. you should be pissed off as well. Fiona's the biggest. I'll, I'll say it again. She's the biggest villain in this whole trilogy or this whole uh, quadrilogy, this mm. whole series. She's always mad at Shrek for no reason. Shrek has a per- is, as you say, he's, he's perfectly correct to be angry about people invading his home on Christmas Day without any invitation. Um, but everyone just blames him. It's like, oh, he's a surly ogre, and he has to go on this big self-reflection or whatever. And eventually, people get around to the idea. Ah, oh, we never thought about what Shrek wanted for Christmas. But well, Fiona like, just says we didn't think about what Shrek wanted for Christmas, and I was like. You fucking asshole. Here's wife. You can't do this. <laughs> you can't say that to Shrek and then go to them and be like, oh, we didn't ask what Shrek wanted. Just to be against them. Like, you're always mm. against someone. You fucking arsehole. Take, yeah. take a side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she never she never speaks her mind, you know. But, um, yeah, it's just... It's just irritating. It's just a complete waste of time this film was, you know. It was, yeah. Especially if you've already watched Shrek 3 because it deals with the same things. It's like, oh... Shrek's on his own. Shrek doesn't know if he wants to be by himself or if he wants to, you know, embrace his family and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, it's all about his struggle between the individual and the... The collective. Yeah, the collective. Yeah. Uh, which is just what Shrek 3 is about. Mm-hmm. But this is Christmas themed. But it also has the Twas the Night Before Christmas uh, sequence. Which is the single worst part of Shrek. Like the entire everything oh, it's worse than everything no at the end it's Shrek telling a story and it's just about like how the gaff was real nice and Christmassy or whatever but then like Shrek as Santa comes in oh yeah Jesus and he just like farts and like shits the place up basically yeah the amount of fart jokes there's more fart jokes it condenses than... them all into that one section yeah yeah there's more fart jokes in this than like in the rest of the series really it's awful it's just 
I hate Why? it. Why? I hated that so much. Like, like, where was this released? Like, what's the story behind all these? Like, where are these released? Like, I know about them. I, I've I've heard about them from before. I have but, no idea. But how would you watch them before, like Netflix or anything? Because these are all released on t- on TV. I think is it TV? Yeah, must be TV. It's like how did they get Mike Myers and stuff to agree to this? How did it been TV? Mm. You know what's the point? What would you rate this one? Uh, one. Yeah, one. This is actually worse than Shrek Three. <laughs> this is worse than Shrek the Third. Somehow, yeah. It's but it's because it features the f- ogre babies way more predominantly. The how bad a film is and how much baby ogre is in it. There's a correlation there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's the baby ogre ratio. It's definitely a thing going on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just don't have them in the film. Just you know because go, the, go everything back. then ties around them. Yeah. Yeah. All the jokes. And no one laughs at those jokes. Not even the jokes. Like, the the, the plot, like, revolves around them now. Mm. But, like, Shrek's relation to them. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Who cares? No one cares. Except for, like... Shrekians. Ex- extremely young children. Or, like, old women. Like, that's it. That's the only mm. laughs you're getting in the cinema, you know? No one else cares. Awful. It's just a fact. Yeah, it's a one. That's a one. It's a one. It's uh, not even getting... And, like, I don't know. Why are we going to write this one? It's just a one. Yeah, no, it's not even... <laughs> it doesn't get to... Because it's worse than Shrek 3. Like, in Shrek 3, mm. we bothered to give it the dead, fro- the dead frog king. <laughs> but this one doesn't even deserve it. Not at all. I agree. One fart. One big, smelly fart. Yeah, one big... One big fart. This film is one big fart. <laughs> <laughs> and now on to our uh, recommended film of the week. Yep. We're Gremlins. talking about Kremlins. Kremlins. Gremlins. Our Christmas special feature. Our Christmas movie, Gremlins 1984, Joe Dante, written by Chris Columbus, the writer of Harry Potter, director of Harry Potter, uh, produced by Steven Spielberg, our good friend. He does uh, it again? He's at it again. He's at it again, this time in 1984. Um, Gremlins is like uh, one of those like semi-classic Christmas movies. Mm. Like everyone's, everyone's sort of seen this movie, I think. Most people. Yeah. Uh, I don't. You hadn't seen it to what this week? I hadn't seen it. This, I never, never ever seen this before. But yeah. I've seen the man coming into the kitchen. And yeah, just yeah. Fucking destroying four gremlins. Yeah, yeah. That's Absolutely, the, like destroying them. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like we've given Steven Spielberg a bit of heat before on this podcast for the. And way we'll it, probably do it again later on. We'll probably do it again in about half an hour, but. Um. For all he did, destroying independent cinema and sort of consolidating, <laughs> consolidating power in the studios in the seventies uh, and eighties, uh, there was like a flip side to all that sort of consolidated power, where he had the opportunity to basically do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gremlins is sort of like a semi manifestation of that, in my opinion. This is like a this is a Trojan horse of a movie, in my yeah. opinion. This is like there's more to it than you initially imagine, both in terms of how you'd read it and in terms of what the actual uh, promotional material and like the public perception of it is. Yeah. Like there's so many tonal shifts in the film. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's advertised as like this cuddly family film, sort of E.T. like, um, where Gizmo is just like, it's going to be like, he's the cutest fucking thing ever. He's the, yeah, the cutest character. Oh my God. I've completely forgot how cute Gizmo is. He's such a king, such a little king. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's promoted as like, a, 
as like an E.T. sort of thing, like a buddy movie where he's bu- going to be buddies with the kid and they'll like grow together or like whatever, you know. But then it just changes about like halfway in. and uh, It's so jarring. Yeah, it's so... But it's not even that jarring because like at the start of the film with the, in the Chinese shop. It is a bit creepy, yeah. It is start. creepy. There's creepy vibes there. Yeah, yeah. Like this is actually the, the, the film that provoked the, uh, you know, the way in the US they have the PG, PG-13 mm-hmm. uh, or rating. Like, this is what created the PG-13 rating. Because parents went to go see this and uh, Temple of Doom, uh, Indiana Jones movie. That's so that's super violent as well. Yeah, where they, like, pull the heart yeah. out of the fella, yeah. Well, they went to see those two movies. And uh, within months, they introduced a new a new uh, classification for films that were, like, in between. Like 12A, basically. Yeah, basically 12A films. And uh, this was... It was a class- classification created specifically because of uh, the reaction to this. And Indiana Jones, because parents went in thinking, "Oh, Gizmo, he's cute. He's you know, he's kid friendly. It's a uh, fun for the whole family." But then, like you have, it turns into a horror film. Yeah, you have gremlins exploding in a microwave, and uh, the the girl's dad is a. Uh, uh, she tells the story about her dad dying on Christmas because he he got trapped in the chimney and stuff like that. Like, there's really, really yeah, that bit is so fucked up. There's really dark stuff in it for that just isn't uh, communicated on like a superficial level. Yeah. I really like it. I, I love this movie. Like, it's I, good. I think it's good. Um, it is a bit basic. Like it sticks to the same sort of formula, where um, a bit boring as well in parts. It's yeah. It's like just like a small town American kind of thing where you know things go wrong for a bit, and then they sort of deal with the disaster, and then everything goes back to normal at the end. Mm-hmm. But there's like there's like a they play with the scenery and the sort of conventions of that specific sort of film genre yeah like, it's a wonderful life is a shows up in the film a bit yeah yeah like it this, the film itself it's like a it's in the kitchen when a the mom is crying and like she's like cooking and crying at the same time yeah and it's on the background yeah it's just on the background but like it's sort of uh i think it's like pointing to like a a seedy kind of underbelly to this like american dream that starts to collapse in the 80s yeah because even the uh the place where it's uh or the the town where it's set, I can't remember what it's called, but the the lot that they shot it in is the same lot that they shot um, Back to the Future, and loads of um, uh, loads of different like staple American comedies and like mm. uh, family films from the the fifties, sixties onwards. Like it's still used today, actually, that the same lot. Like all, like the whole town is like a, a set. Yeah, yeah. Know? And uh, but they're playing with that, and uh, it's like you know, like in this town, things are a bit weird. You mm. know, I like, even. Um, the girl, like she works two jobs to get by. Yeah. Uh, and the 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 son is supporting his family basically because his dad is a failure. Yeah. A failed inventor. Like the children have to take care of the families. Yeah, yeah. And like there's a uh, the whole thing with the the sort of miserly old woman who's like a Scrooge character, but she runs everything. Yeah, yeah. And she's uh she names her cats after like currencies and stuff. Like she's just yeah she she basically runs everything. Well, she's um, gonna evict a bunch of families on their. Like before Christmas as well. Yeah, yeah. She's the evil. She's like she's a character of that evil character, but at the same time, it's not like it's not just oh she's evil. It's like her relations with the rest of the uh, of the towns like brought to the fore straight away. Yeah, and uh, it's a uh, there's definitely that sort of leaking or like underlining element of something really wrong happening underneath it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a huge thing about technology in the film. Yeah, he's using like, like the inventor. Yeah, yeah, like his dad is an inventor. He's a, he's a failed inventor, basically. All, none of his inventions work. 
like the the orange the orange juice or the the orange squash everything, or whatever just fucking every, every, smokeless like ashtray yeah yeah that, that thing's pretty funny but um yeah none of it works but like it's on like an individual level he's a failure but also it's uh to do with the gremlin lore like the whole thing with gremlins are they come from world war Two sort of folklore where uh machines would fail their operators mm-hmm. and um like like a plane i think i think the uh the roald dahl story about gremlins is uh based on like it's to do with the plane that fails yeah you know that i don't know what the original thing is but you know that i don't know it's a twilight zone episode i think you know you know that fucking thing yeah, yeah. with the guy in the, on the plane and he looks out and there's a gremlin like ripping apart the plane yeah i think that's based on the roald dahl story because i was thinking of the simpsons episode where like uh, there's a gremlin on the bus yeah, yeah. And only Bar can see it. Yeah, Terror at 90,000 feet, I think it's called. Yeah. The Twilight one. With William Shatner as well. But yeah, it's like a whole... It, the whole theme is like a distrust of technology. And the gremlins almost represent like this sort of uncontrollable, mischievous uh, autonomy in technology. Like the way like technology is going to betray us. Yeah, that's what the, that's what the neighbors like as well. The na- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the neighbor character as well. He's like xenophobic. I said this is like yeah, because like I understand what you're saying about like the the like gremlins within technology, but I think that the film very purposely puts it as like this is like this came from China, like this is a Chinese thing. Yeah, so the yeah. cheap products that you're buying, you need to buy American products because there's no gremlins in the American products and all that shit. I feel like it's a very it's a very strange film. Yeah, but in the same way, the dad's a complete failure. He's an American. He's, yeah, but yeah, and they have, it's a failure of the American dream as well. I yeah, guess. he's like he's as American as a as apple pie or whatever, and he just none of his inventions work to like a comical extent. Yeah, like that's another thing with the, like the tone. Like you'll have almost like Saturday morning cartoon jokes mm-hmm. uh, where like the orange juice just goes everywhere, or like something bizarre happens with one of his crazy inventions. But then, like the next scene, you'll have like. Uh, a gremlin egg hatching in the attic and it's like it's like and it's this, so sinister yeah it's this really weird body horror it's like yeah it's it's like almost like alien i think it was released but after the, alien obviously, the actual alien like the gremlin eggs themselves like they look like alien like yeah, aliens yeah. The fucking egg yeah but it's not played off to like a comic effect it's like that's that's the that's the idea like it shifts very noticeably uh about halfway in when um gizmo or they find out that gizmo uh produces these gremlins true water yeah yeah because the original idea was uh that gizmo would just be you know the the main gremlin with the stripe on his head yeah like gizmo would turn into stripe like that was the original yeah. idea for the for the script but like i think two weeks before filming uh steven spielberg said i don't want that to happen i want gizmo to be in the film all the way through and so they had to completely rearrange uh the props and rewrite the script it and didn't even take that much of a fucking it's like it doesn't make that much of a difference Ah, it does, because, like, he's not, um, in terms of, like, how they had to represent him, because they only had, like, a small little doll for Gizmo. Yeah. I know all the close-up shots of him. Like, yeah. his, like the way his They're emotions... They're very noticeably different. Yeah, the, his emotions and stuff yeah. like that. Like, they had to build a massive Gizmo head that was, like, like bigger than a person, just to, like... Uh, Do those shots? Yeah, to, to display the emotion, because they didn't have enough gears within the actual doll. That's fucking gas. To, uh, to get the movements that they wanted. So uh, Steven Spielberg sort of saved the project, I think. Because yeah. it would have been way more formulaic. Like, it's pretty formulaic as it is, but it would have been way more straightforward if it was just a story of Gizmo going bad or whatever. Yeah. 
but at the same time, it does have limitations in terms of uh, it. Just seems to be like a story of uh, technology going wrong in the wrong hands. It doesn't seem to be sort of uh, make that extra leap into technology as like something that could be autonomous in itself without yeah. without human uh, human interaction. I think that's something that's explored in Gremlins too, a lot. We could talk about that at a different time though, because I haven't watched it. I haven't seen it either. But I, I've read a lot of. I read a bit about it since, and uh, as seems, seems to be more of like a sophisticated like meta take. It is on, a very meta film. Yeah, because it, it has the sexy gremlin in it. Yeah, yeah, and it has Hulk Hogan talking directly to the camera and stuff. Yeah, you know, we could have pretty could have talked about that last episode, but or the one. We could do the next episode. Yeah, we can do the next one. But uh, what did you think about it? I think it's great. I think it's a really good film. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like um, it's like this weird. There's a very weird vibe throughout the entire film. Like as you said, like there's a huge tone shift. Yeah, yeah. And it's so unbelievably noticeable. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think like with the with the guy, uh, the American fucking neighbor, the xenophobe, like the fact that like uh, like he's right in a sense. Like he's right that there's good that like you know gremlins yeah there's gremlins in the technology like and he's right but like he's gone about it in like a fucking racist way mm. where he's like oh no only American products but every, yeah everything that he buys is foreign like it starts with the fucking car at the start it's like that car's gonna fail on you because that's what they used to say as well I remember my mom and dad used to say that like well not used didn't used to say that but they said that. That's what they used to say about like Japanese cars and stuff that they'd fail on you. Yeah, yeah. And people uh, yeah. still believe that. I've still heard that, yeah. Mm. Recently, yeah. That like any Japanese cars is gonna fail on you. But like and this, it's like a China it's I guess it's because like it's the eighties, so that's why it's China. Maybe Japan is more of the, the big bad back then, wasn't it? Well I think it's just it's just I think the, I think it's China because like Japan and America had like an agreement or whatever. Um mm. like they were kind of uh, allies to each other. But like uh, China's communist at this stage. Yeah, yeah. And the USSR is not really a worry in... You said 84, was it? 84, yeah. Yeah, I guess it kind of is. Yeah, well, I think it's more to do with just, like, the other instead of, like, a, a specific national uh, anxiety, you know? Like, the whole thing with... Um, like, the alien... Or, the the gremlins are basically aliens. Like, the they come out of an alien egg and they're, like... If we read it as, like, a... Uh, a representation a physical manifestation of technologies like sort of a body horror thing then like they're basically like almost spectral figures or whatever that's so weird because like when like because i'm only thinking about it now i was just looking back at my notes when i was watching it i was seeing like you know see the way like um when gizmo uh reproduces it's really quick Mm. and it's it's cost effective because it's only water Mm. so like gizmo reproduces with like a natural resource basically free you can make as many of these as you want cheap mm. and then the dad's reaction is oh we'll sell them yeah and yeah. we'll make we'll replace the american like they'll replace the dog as the household pet whatever mm. so like a dog is a product in this like in the way that he's talking about it right yeah so it's the danger of reproducing something on the cheap like you have to put in the work properly, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. But the fact that it's tied to China in this way in the film, I think it's a very, like I read it as a kind of like vaguely racist film about Chinese products and how you can't trust them because they're the wildly produced, and like mm. they'll they'll turn sinister. Yeah, I I actually the exact same note pretty much from yeah. the uh, when he his only reaction to uh, 
Like no one seems to. Uh, no one seems to be worried or, or like. I acknowledge the fact that it's like a mogwai. Like what? Like no one's like, what is this? Yeah. They're just like, oh, that's cool. Like it's you know, just like uh, the three rules: is like don't don't give them water, don't feed them after dark, mm. and don't you give them in the sunlight. Yeah. And they don't even question like why <laughs> yeah it's just like okay and uh even like you know cory feldman like he's in the film yeah 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 as a, as a kid and he's uh he's shown the mogwai and then they spill water on him and he starts producing gremlins obviously but he's like freaking the fuck yeah, out yeah he's, well. he's like he's like giving birth basically and he's like screaming and shit like the mogwai but like cory feldman's character just like turns away and starts like reading a, com- a comic book he's yeah. like oh that's cool you know but he's like trapped up in this like obsession with it being a cons- product yeah consuming things and then he goes downstairs and uh i don't know i don't know if it's at that time but anyway when the when the father reacts to the mogwai his first reaction is just we can se- like how can we, we can sell this money off yeah this. how can we commodify this and i read it as like very differently in terms of when at the end you know when the chinese guy comes back to take his mogwai back <laughs> you fuckers <laughs> he's like you fucked up like he's like three yeah. people are dead at the very least and you blew up a fucking cinema yeah people are dead you know and he's like you are not ready you know but i i, I saw that as it's more of a like american commodification or commodity commodification itself is a uh, something that is like, we're not ready for that we're not ready we're, for we're, that we're not we're not ready to appreciate things as anything more than commodities yeah and like that's what the father and uh that's what the father says says. he literally says this is what your society does to you yeah exactly yeah so it's it's almost like it's definitely not a capitalist critique but it's it's seems to me that that's basically what he's saying he's like you wanted to commodify the gremlin or to commodify the the mogwai and it went wrong because of that you're not ready maybe billy is ready but that can wait for gremlins yeah that can wait for that can wait for the sequel (laughs) Yeah, yeah um that's so because uh, like yeah when i watched it i kind of forgot um that he does say that you're not ready for it because when i was watching i was thinking this is this is america saying like this is like the filmmaker or like mm. you know the story within the story is america stay to its fucking self and we'll buy our own products mm. china can keep its own stuff because the chinese man comes back and he takes the mogwai back so it's like you stay to your side we'll stick to ours we'll keep buying our own goods because that's what's reliable anything else that's foreign do not buy because especially when it's in the 80s and you're in like a recession yeah yeah that yeah that's like the whole backdrop of uh the american dream collapsing or whatever um you know the dawn of neoliberalism i it, it really they really expand upon it in uh gremlins 2 when did gremlins 2 come out was that the 90s i think that was like 1990 yeah but it's like it's like set in new york and um, i remember it mm-hmm. like i remember seeing that as a kid yeah it's set in like a in like an office block as well yeah it's like there's a lot to talk about there but we can <laughs> leave that till next week but um yeah, I, I always read it as like sort of respectful of the Mogwai. You know, I don't I don't think they're trying to say this is a cheap product that fucking goes wrong. I think it's more like we have to first be like wary of technology or to like uh, appreciate what it can do mm. or like maybe it's autonomous capacity to sort of be self-interested and mischievous and disregard what we want it to do. And also like uh, there are some things that like maybe we can't appreciate within our society like certain limitations from the way that we see these things and the dad sort of embodies that in the way that he can only appreciate the mogwai in terms of its uh, its value in terms of capital yeah like how he can enrich himself through the mogwai rather than oh shit there's a fucking weird elf thing in my living room like yeah and it's producing uh, little uh, goblins like isn't that pretty cool you know but he's only like i just want to sell this to other people yeah you know i think as well like uh 
the fact that he is an inventor like he's not even an inventor he's like he's like taking ideas and combining them together yeah yeah which is like a real lazy form of like actually coming up with something useful Mm -hmm. and it's like that's his failure because he's not putting in the time properly he's trying to do an easy cheap version of coming up with a new idea Mm -hmm. and that's why he keeps failing similarly to how gizmo is a cheap reliable producer of goods yeah yeah gizmo's like the the capitalist dream he produ- he reproduces himself all with magic yeah yeah just with like but that goes a, against capitalism as a whole it's too easy almost it's too easy you it's know? the idea of like magic uh-huh. and why like during the witch trials and all like magic was seen as something dangerous because you could get something for nothing which goes completely against capitalism yeah um i also like the part where because there are elements to it they're like smart about what it is um there's a part in towards the end where they're in the theater and the gremlins are like watching a movie. That bit is so weird. Yeah, it's really bizarre because it's it's nothing to do. Like if you watched, if you were in 1984 and you're in the, in the cinema and you watched the first part, first half an hour of the film, and then just skipped ahead and went to this, you'd be like, I'm watching a completely different film altogether. It's so it's, weird. It's, it's so yeah, so yeah. weird. Because they're just sitting there laughing, watching watching movies, and um, Billy and Kate are like in the back trying to like sabotage the theater and burn and it blow down. Blow it up. They're trying to Quentin Tarantino them. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to do a, a QT job on it, but they get found out because I think the projector fails, and they the gremlins see their shadows against the projector. Basically, it's too late though. And there's yeah, there's a point, but there's a there's a shot where uh, the gremlins tear through the uh, the projector or the uh, the, the cinema screen, screen yeah. the screen, yeah, and they're they're coming straight at the uh, at the audience, uh, yeah, at the at the audience, at the at the main characters and the audience, and it's like because uh, there's a big thing about television in the film, like towards the end where. Uh, the China China guy comes back from uh, to claim Gizmo. Yeah, he literally comments. Oh, you taught him. All yeah. you did was teach him to watch TV. Yeah, you just t- you taught him to watch TV. That's what he says. He, yeah. he says like, uh, you taught him to watch TV. That's what's wrong with your society. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost like the the passing of the uh, representation into the real. It's like the technology has become its own sort of thing, or the image has become its own. The commodity has, I don't know, manifested itself in the real world, and this yeah. is what happens with the gremlins. Yeah, Which as is, a whole, because Gremlins, mm. like, gizmos are huge. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the toys are actually. Furries? Furbies? Furbies, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, like, basically... They're yeah, basically Basically gizmo. Mogwais, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know... I don't know if they came up before or after, but, like... Oh, I always, after, yeah. I always assumed that they're, like, tied together. Because they did become, like... They sold toys afterwards of gizmo and all. Of course. Gizmo is the cutest thing I've ever seen. And I guarantee people fucking bought it. But, like, it's that thing. I like, had one, yeah. It's But it, that's yeah. the entire point of the film. Mm. Like, buying... Buying, like buying, yeah, uh, consumer society, consumer yeah. society, yeah. But yet the Mogwai themselves are consumable. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, the whole point is like, obviously that they're not just they're not commodities. Just that, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's something else. There's something mysterious about that old guy from China, and he's trying to hint at it. But we're it's like magic. But we're like he's just a crazy Oriental guy, you know. And uh, yeah, our oh, Gizmo's great. And they, even the fact that Billy works in a bank and stuff. Yeah, there's little things. There's loads in it that sort of hint towards something. The the movie never really comes around to any sort of a, you know, coherent kind of reading in that sense. But there is. It goes around it a bit. Yeah, there's like it sort of teases you. It's like, oh, this is a bit interesting. Like this is a bit weird to have in a film that is like this, you know. Um. Yeah. No. Going back to what you were saying about the um. The fact that like it's a wonderful life and these like old American black and white films are in. Um, Gremlins uh, I think that's a really interesting tie to 
I guess it kind of goes in more into more into my, like my reading of it, but like Gizmo is like tied to Amer the idea that America is great. Yeah. Because when he's going off to save uh, Billy, he imagines himself in an American film, and he watches American films, and he carries an American flag, and he at does one point, yeah. like he does all these things. <laughs> so he's like, that's why he is like, you're not ready for for this ability of like making cheap, reliable labor because. America hasn't figured that out yet. We can't trust the Chinese to give it to us, but we ourselves need to figure that out. Mm. So, but Gizmo is our closest, is like our, <laughs> Gizmo is America's um, closest tie to that. Yeah, yeah. But, and he's, and that's why he's sound. That's why he's the likable one. That's why he's, Gizmo is sound. Gizmo is sound. When, <laughs> he's when dead he, on, man. Like when yes, he, he reproduces all the rest of them, they're all fucking arseholes. Yeah, yeah. But they're entitled bollocks because they've only just been born. Gizmo's been in a cage in a Chinese man's shop yeah. with a fucking towel over him for God knows how long. Yeah, yeah. And it's even at the end, he's like, uh, maybe one day you'll be ready for Gizmo. And until then, he doesn't care. He's until, fine with it. Yeah, until then he'll be waiting. It's like how long is Gizmo gonna wait? You know, Gizmo, like, how old Gizmo is, he? is chilled. Giz- Gizmo, Gizmo is chill as fuck. Is chilled as fuck. He never stresses except for when he's up against the dartboard and they start throwing darts at him. That's the only time he <laughs> that stresses. That was so sad. That, that was, was so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But that when the man went in and just f- nuked, like literally nuked one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like slaughtered the other fucking three yeah that was amazing yeah it is because that that kitchen scene is pretty intense because like she's basically fighting for her life there yeah the kitchen, she is yeah you know and she has a knife she just stabs on the gremlins and you're like this is a family film you know this she puts them in a microwave and yeah, blows them up blows them up yeah it's like this isn't and billy comes in and he kicks the gremlin so hard that he kicks his head straight off his shoulders yeah. and lands it right into the fire yeah yeah meanwhile yeah. like stripe is just sitting there watching this Watching his family, his brother's being massacred in front of him. That bastard. God damn you, Stripe. But uh, even um, even at the end, you know, at the end where uh, Gizmo pulls down the... Uh, I don't know where it is. It's like where the, the sunlight... Shutters. The sun, Yeah, the sunlight comes in on the uh, on Stripe. And he starts melting. He's just like... is is like his whole like inner skeleton yeah. is exposed and stuff. It's like the scene in Indiana Jones. It is like that. I was know? thinking about that. And it's like, gee, like, this is a bit intense for like a kid's movie, you know? Like this is one of those films that like, like I appreciate just how far it goes as a film that should be for ki- should be for kids, in terms of like how it goes in terms of special effects and themes and tone and stuff. Like it doesn't have to do any of that stuff, but it does anyway. You know, mm-hmm. special effects are great. Yes, you are. Yeah, they're really good. They did a very good job. They did. Uh-huh. I like this film. I love it. I think it's really good. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I rated or not it, one of my favorites, but like I rated it a three on Letterbox. Might might bump that up to a four. I'll, d- I'll definitely give it 3.5 yeah something like that 4 maybe I don't think I don't because like, when I think of a 4 I think of it an 8 and I'm like this is not an 8 it's a 7 it is yeah yeah but because uh-huh. I like to do full la- full stars yeah it's I- not a 4 star it's a 3 star <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah it's it's more of a 3 star than a 4 but it's still it's still think, really good yeah, it's a really good 3 star mm, yeah yeah we definitely have to look at the uh, at the second one the second one is yeah. a lot of uh, it goes in an interesting direction anyway we'll have to look at it we, we will. will look at it. We, we will. will look at it. Um, and now we're on to listener questions, isn't it? I think you're right. I think so. I think it's time for... Uh, it's way way louder than <laughs> the other <laughs> There was no break there, Mark. Just um, yeah, it's seamless. Time for, it's time for listener questions. I think so. If you want to ask us a question, you can hit us up um, at uh, Instagram or at the Twitter. And the uh, it's at paro underscore pod. Or uh, you can send us an email, like Matthew Eustace, who told us that we suck. 
Thanks, Thanks for that, Matthew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can send us an email and tell us that we suck. Um, the at, at the email address theparopod at gmail.com that's it that is it our first question comes in from Coleman thank you for the question Coley thank you Coley um, have you seen The Queen's Gambit on Netflix nope not everybody no <laughs> I'm gonna I think I will watch it over Christmas I've heard many good things though I've heard, I've heard nothing good but good things absolutely I've heard good things it's one of those premium kind of miniseries yeah. kind of things that Netflix Netflix that may, are great at. Yeah, yeah, maybe HBO and like uh, those kind of places started, but Netflix have sort of picked it up and they're doing the same thing. And a lot of them are hit are misses, but they have a lot of hits as well, I think. Yeah, you like know? OJ versus the people, or the people versus OJ. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's not um that's not Netflix though, but it's like it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um even like um I can't even think of another one. What other ones were there? <laughs> I think it was Chernobyl, but that's HBO. Um they did the Ted Bundy thing. That was good. I really liked that. Oh, yeah. Making a murder and stuff like that. But they're like, they're way longer now. Yeah. They did. They picked up Unsolved Mysteries, which is, I loved. And I liked the, the new series as well. Mm. They're not really fictional series. Uh, they picked up Arrested Development, which is actually shite, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of it. Yeah, <laughs> you, see, can't you can't think of any. Like, I can think of Stranger Things, but again, that's like a full series. I'm trying mm. to think of like mini series Full series are basically, you know, similar enough, aren't they? I guess so, because they are short, like, yeah. short seasons. Uh-huh. But, like, and then with HBO, but HBO do that, like, you know. Better Call Saul. Better Call, well, yeah, but, like, that's a full series again, though. True. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, maybe Queen's Gambit is a one-off. But, anyway, I probably will watch but it. But it's of that vein, though. Yeah, definitely, yeah. It's, it's the premium TV kind of thing. It's, like, the night of Chernobyl in that. Yeah, Quick, exactly. Short, yeah. simple. The thing that Breaking Bad started, Queen's Gambit's carrying on that tradition, you know. But see, Queen's Gambit could get. A se- I feel like because it's Netflix, it could get a second season. Yeah, probably will. Yeah, why wouldn't it? Uh, what's that one with the Russian doll? There you go. There's another. Oh, I don't know that one. That was really good. Was it? But there were shorter episodes. They're like twenty, thirty minutes long. Okay, yeah. But I'd love like, to see it. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna watch it because it's like that. It is that premium, and it's short. It's mm. super short, but it's high budget. Yeah, high quality. Yeah, good actors. Like, uh, they have Anna Taylor Joy. I think is she's it? in the witch. She, yeah, she's in the witch. She's in Queen's Gambit. She's great. She's great. Her eyes are so far apart, but she's a great actress. Oh yeah, she's great. She's yeah. a really, really good actor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what What's your favorite miniseries though? Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Yeah. Mm, nice. My favorite is probably True Detective. That's a series. So, it's a miniseries. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't recognize the later two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Fair though, yeah. No, because I, I think, I think True Detective would have worked better if it was just its own thing. Just the one thing, you know. Like it works as an anthology, but the second two seasons are so bad that you can't. It's. I just finished season three. That was the slowest thing I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. yeah, season three actually isn't bad at all, but it's just. Oh, Mark, it, it is so slow. It's just slow, and nothing really happens, and. He's just kind of... It's just a, a standard detective story, which is just not what you want. See, what distinguished the first one, as we talked about countless times before, is obviously the fact that it alludes to something else beyond it. Lovecraft, you yeah, know, it's, 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 not, it's not just a detective story. And maybe True Detective Season 1 sort of tells us about our present condition, the fact that we can't imagine anything beyond what already exists. Like, the conventions of the neo-noir detective genre sort of 
bound True Detective from expanding itself into it into something new. You know, true. It's like it, it reached that it reached that point where it's like, you know, it reached that point where it's like it was about to burst into something completely new, and you're like, wow, this is about to happen. But then it's like the gravitational pull of uh, convention of convention and complete uh, imaginative desolation yeah. in our present contemporary society destroyed any hope it had of escaping the gravitational pull of convention as you say that's like the first <laughs> time I've ever heard you talk about that aspect of True Detective and it's one that I never really thought about but now that you say it, I'm like oh shit that's like full on in the text it's in there it's, it's right there, there. It's, it's right there for the take and, the, and True and Detective up. True Detective was like nah we're gonna we're gonna stick to what we know, which I don't like. But like that's not really t- anything to do with the topic. But that's no, we haven't seen uh, Queen's Gambit though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to answer the question. <laughs> yeah, we will watch it though. We will. It'll be coming this Christmas. It seems like a nice. I don't know. Maybe it's not cozy, but I hope it's cozy. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Do you want to go into the second? Well, the second question, which is like three parts. Okay. This one coming in from Connor. Connor Scully. Good man. A whopper of a question. Kind of ties into uh, stuff you were talking about before the podcast. Dealing with uh, the current HBO and Warner Brothers thing going on. So we're going to be like tying what Connor's talking about in this question into that. But Connor asks, uh, did Jaws and the uh, ensuing blockbusters, blockbuster films that followed it ruin film? If it didn't ruin it, then did it at least make it less artistic? And then finally... In so many words, is Spielberg the capitalist tycoon that commercialized the seventies golden age? A wa- uh, like uh, this is a fucking whopper of a question. This is a banger. This is an absolute banger. In short, yes to all of these questions. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Um right. So <clears throat> we'll go with the first one anyway, right? So did Jaws and the Intune Blockbuster films that followed it ruin film? Did they ruin film? Uh, in a way, didn't they? But not in the sense that, like, film's always going to be there, but it ru- it definitely consolidated who makes movies and how they're made. Yeah. Because it's now all can control. It's all centralized. I think if you look at, like, the uh, the top grossing films every year, and you go back to, like, the 70s, early 70s, pretty, like, late 60s, it's all pretty even. Like, there's no real, like, forerunners and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you get into like like Jaws made something like a billion, like a billion or billion and a half or something crazy, uh, which hadn't been done before. Highest grossing film ever, most popular film ever made. Uh, beside like besides what had come before with the studio system mm-hmm. with Gone with the Wind, Gone with the Wind's most popular film ever made. But it was made in a time where studios owned the actors' contracts, the sets, the directors, the directors' contracts, the cinemas, the cinemas, the distribution companies, everything. So basically, they they took every cent, every cent that was made went straight to the yeah. So if you were seeing company. a Warner Brothers film, everything, everyone involved in your going to see that film and you watching that film, that was all Warner Brothers. Whereas now there's like a bit of a middleman. Yeah, there's the, yeah. After the Paramount decree, I think it was forty forty nine or fifty or something yeah. like that. It was pretty early in the fifties or something. Uh, the U.S. government came in, broke them all up. And they're like, because they're too powerful. They're yeah, making far too much money. They're like, you've monopolized the film industry, and like that's not fair. So they broke them all up, and they made them sell off their cinema chains. And so the cinemas were all—I don't know if they sold off the distribution as well, 
but basically they uh, the paramount decree destroyed vertical integration so new people were able to take on cinemas and new people were able to come into the market as producers because the old companies didn't have as much of a share and uh which ne- is where you get interest in films in the 60s yeah exactly yeah you get like new hollywood like scorsese uh polanski uh you know all the boys even mm-hmm. lucas and stuff like that the, the men who would later destroy what they'd created you yeah know? Um, <laughs> but um it was definitely like the the peak of independent cinema where you could basically go out like jo- even john carpenter like the probably like the one of the great independent movies like halloween uh made on like a pretty small budget by uh a guy who was basically just out of college but he went to college in the 60s and he got his connections there and he made his first few films and then he got to do that but he wouldn't have been able to do that if there was still a studio system around mm-hmm. and that's what's happening today where there's a studio system that's like it's almost ascending now it's not it's not like a case of it's falling apart or it's it's fully instantiated itself it's more like it's pulling itself together where nowadays you have the companies uh, make the films they own the actors contracts the directors contracts and they also own how they're shown to people like yeah. the the, uh, the broadcasting uh, apparatus so like streaming services like Disney Plus Netflix uh, HBO Max stuff Amazon. like that Amazon Prime yeah Amazon Prime is the most the most obvious example like yeah. they're a shop and they have a fucking streaming service you know and they have their own original content yeah it's just ridiculous you know like I'm an Amazon Prime subscriber it's but shite though there's nothing on it man Nah, it has X Files, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep keep subscribing. And it has Shrek one and two, uh, but but even now, t- <laughs> now TV as well. Yeah, now TV, which is uh, Warner, isn't it? Which that, is, that's our yeah. HBO Max, you know. But that's the thing. These days, they're cutting out the middleman, so Warner are gonna produce films or whatever, and they're gonna release them, but they're gonna put them out. They're gonna completely undercut the cinemas that show them. So all the small businesses and the cinema chains. Uh, are going to lose out on revenue because their revenue at this stage is basically controlled by four or five big companies. Yeah. The blockbusters that everyone goes to see because people don't really go to see independent films. No, people, yeah, that's yeah. why, because like, when I first thought about it, I was like, oh, it's only going to really hurt like independent uh, cinemas and stuff like that because they really rely on, you know, films like Marriage Story, which was on Netflix, but like mm. films like Marriage Story, these like, not block, not your Avengers, you're like, mid-tier like well known, yeah. Like your, I don't know, like a Scorsese film or something like that. Uh-huh. Not a blockbuster, but like you know, gonna bring people to the cinema. But again, like kind of off the mainstream in a way. I would like, yeah, you know s- what I mean. Something that like families wouldn't go out to see. Yeah, but like not, th- yeah, not a fucking, di- not a fucking Disney, Pixar, or Marvel film. Yeah, yeah. Strange enough, all owned by Disney. All, yeah, all Disney films basically. Yeah, that's the thing. Like mo- mo- most of the big companies are companies. Are names that you wouldn't have heard of like yeah. most normal people wouldn't have heard of like they're just because things are so consolidated but they're consolidated within like a tree of different companies like every company has like three different companies below it yeah and it goes all the way up to like one big yoke which no one is account- like is accountable to no one basically and no one knows about and they control most of the things and m- most of the revenue streams and you can't think about cinema chains like you, you feel bad for cinema chains for being, being cut out of the uh the revenue there but you also can't think of them in terms of all is one block. Like there will be major change, like Cineworld and like uh, like Odeon. Odeon, Odeon, I suppose. I think Cineworld's already closed down here, but uh, like they they're basically reliant and basically subservient to companies like Disney and Warner because uh, if they don't show the right films in the right way, then they'll be cut off. So like they're basically act as Disney 
and Warner and like big company franchises. Mm-hmm. Whereas the smaller cinemas don't have any power whatsoever. Like they have to, you know, the the more things concentrate at the top, the more they'll have to play along. But that's why they get the like they show the indie films like that. Yeah, because where they don't have to like fulfill the, these like requirements. Yeah, yeah. But the more things sort of come together at the top, the less power these people have because they can't. They they still as much as they show, you know, the marriage stories or like uh, the indie films and stuff like that that most people wouldn't go to see. Um, they still have to show. Like, like Moonlight. Moonlight yeah. is the example I can think of now. Yeah. Like, you, you go to Lighthouse and they still show, like, Avengers and stuff. Yeah. They, they still show the main films because people go to see it and they need the money. But the more those films are all owned by the same company, which is the case right now, the less power those com- those cinemas have and those small businesses have in terms of exerting their own sort of, uh, you know, creative license to mm. show whatever they want. So it's more about just every cinema becomes more of a, just a franchise to show the latest uh, you know, blockbuster part eighteen or whatever. You know, it's it's not about what's shown. It's about how quickly and how like uh, effectively you can get this product into the hand of the consumer. And mm-hmm. that's all the the cinema does, rather than you know a place to meet people and a place to uh, you know share and like a collective experience. But I would argue that most people go to the cinema now for that reason. Like people don't go to the cinema to fucking to just see, you know marriage story or like moonlight you're not gonna like people don't go to the cinema just to watch those films most of the time uh maybe moonlight because we're best picture but you know films like that yeah, like yeah. see this year is such a terrible example knives out right knives out didn't mm. get that much like well i think you got an oscar number. it doesn't matter knives out <laughs> that's the example of the <laughs> people just went to the cinema to see that because it was an original film and they could go to the cinema as opposed to see knives out yeah it doesn't have to do with the film which is like I think most people as well, like, cause I, I don't do that. Like, I, if going to the cinema isn't like a regular thing really for me, so if I'm going to the cinema, the film is like key to that choice. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, Whereas most people that do go to the cinema, people that go to the cinema go all the time, basically. So it's it doesn't become going. It doesn't. It's not about going to see a film. It's about going to the cinema. So that's not gonna really change. I don't think. But it as it is as you said though all the streaming is going to be like uh, vertical now because yeah, they, like, they're going to be owning it anyway. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it doesn't give you that option mm. of, uh, of like independent cinemas because of that reason. Yeah. You can only go a certain, you know, you can only give money to directly to the producer. Yeah, that's why I think like this, like most affects independent cinemas. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's sort of what I mean. Like, yeah. like, like most of, like most of, I didn't, I didn't think about it in the way that you, we're describing it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people don't go to the cinema, like, full stop. Yeah. And most people um, don't go to the cinema. And most people that do go to the cinema don't go to see the films that we see, you know? Like, most people don't go to see Mario Story, like, uh, Knives Out, or, like... Uh, yeah, they know. go to go see fucking Endgame. They go to see, yeah, go to see Endgame and shit. But, like, they don't get... They go to see Endgame, and then they don't go to the cinema for, the, like, another two months or whatever. Like they But, don't, like, that's a, that's a spectacle film. Yeah, yeah. That is a blockbuster, which uh-huh. I think, like... To tie it back into now with Connor's question, like, I think, like, Jaws is, like, the example where film, like, the power, like, sways back into, like, the people that make the films. Or, like, not the not the people that make the, the studios. Mm. Like, Disney or whatever. Because they recognize, oh, shit, you're, you actually rely, like, the cinema's made a lot of money, obviously, during Jaws, whatever. But, like, you rely on us mm. to bring people to you. 
yeah, it's not so much about the event or the experience of being at the cinema. It's about what you what's projected on the screen yeah. that you see, which is a complete like inversion of the way that uh, it should be, I suppose. Like cinema should be about it doesn't you know, become a collective experience rather than in the most pretentious fucking way you can describe yeah. it. It becomes less <laughs> about the art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not about yeah, it's not about what what's because uh, like cinema is is about this experience basically mm-hmm. like for me anyway whenever i go to cinema it's always like an event you it know? is an event it's something that happens and like even today it's something special yeah no matter how often you go like it's still an event but like um nowadays it's more or especially with consolidation it's more about what's played on the screen it doesn't matter if that's in a, a cinema or a theater or like a drive-in or whatever it's about like it could be on a t- like a you know your phone screen or your mm-hmm. laptop which you know isn't necessarily a bad thing like changing media but the way that it's controlled by different companies or a certain very i actually i don't even know the names of the companies that control warner it's warner's disney uh universal universal no universal are are owned by someone else warner isn't it yeah or something like that um no there's like telecom or something so you know just off the top of my head mark (laughs) (laughs) the the big the big six uh national amusement uh disney Fucking Time Warner, Comcast, uh, News Corp, and Sony. Yeah, see, no one, no one, I guarantee no one listening to this has ever heard of National Amusements. But they own, like, Nick and fucking Viacom and, all, Viacom and stuff like they that. They own loads. Yeah, Paramount. Yeah. You know? They own MTV. And then Disney, obviously, Disney, everyone knows what Disney owns at this stage. Time Warner, HBO, yeah, there we go. CNN, Warner Bros. Mad, uh, Cartoon Network fucking loads and then uh we're going to uh, comcast down nbc bravo um illumination focus they own dreamworks they own shrek <laughs> they own shrek that's too far um they own you they own universal as well and hulu like there's tons of shit yeah and then uh news corp fox which is actually fox is now gone to disney so mm. this is actually an old one um National Geographic they own. But I guess, like, that's all Disney. So, did are Disney they, own by they, News Corp? Or yeah, just they must Fox? have bought News Corp, yeah. And actually, no, I think... Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, that's Rupert Murdoch's company. I think they bought over most of that, but I think Fox News and stuff like that. Like the, new, like, the actual news media is still owned by Rupert Murdoch. That's so weird. Fucking hell. You see, he knows where all the power is, you know? Yeah. And then Sony owns everything Sony, which is a surprising more amount than what you think it is. Like, just looking at this, I'm like... There's four different, like, production or distribution companies on this. Like what? Like, those symbols there. All the all the Sony ones there. I recognize all of them, but yeah, they're all different yeah. things. Yeah, they're yeah. not the one company, but they all have vaguely the same logo. Mm. Like, there's loads. And then True, and then TriStar and shit like that. But, like, that's the thing. Like, these six companies own, like, everything. Everything, yeah. Like, everything literally, you everything see. you watch is from one of these six companies. Yeah. Everything... But you know, if you if you think about the way things, the way the screen is mixed up with reality these days, especially the last eight months, most of what we've experienced has been based off the screen. You know, mm. most of what everyone's experienced, but everything that you own or, or everything that you've seen on those screens is owned by about you know about fifty people. Yeah, uh, doesn't really make any sense whatsoever. Uh, so. To answer the question, did Spielberg, did Spielberg involve this? Yeah, 
No, it's in like the first one. In the yeah, the, did it ruined uh, film? I don't think it ruined film, but it ruined cinema. Like yeah. I think that's two different things. Like cinemas got ruined from that. That was the turning point for cinemas. And mm. um, I, I think I think it, it, it had a, it has an effect on film as well. Like cinemas are just a medium for, through which film passed through. Yeah, like, but like cause okay, you, you can't make a film. It's way harder to make a film right now than it is than it was back in the day right know? but that's where I want to go because then he asked if it didn't make if it didn't ruin it they at least make it less artistic now yeah there you go if you only look at American films yeah it did uh-huh. if you look outside because I think that's where like we talked about before the rise in like French cinema the rise in like now Korean Japanese like Taiwanese all these other like Indian films are all coming out more now more Italian films and like French films and German films mm-hmm. and like Brazilian theater or theater Brazilian cinema <laughs> and like uh, like Nollywood films and shit like that yeah. like that's come out now because people are sick of American cinema yeah well, it's also like the the technologies of it like none of that is available in 1980s Nigeria or like Brazil or yeah. India you know like whereas now it is it's not to the same quality and like I wouldn't watch most of that stuff like no I wouldn't watch like I don't well I no would, I would watch some of them like, I, wouldn't definitely... watch, I wouldn't watch Nollywood or India but I think it's just but like I'm sure there's ones in there that you'd fucking love yeah absolutely yeah there there's, definitely is but like it's just like yeah. but it's just because we are so consumed by American media and it's easier to find out about like like Korean films and stuff like that, especially when Parasite wins fucking Best Picture it's easier to find out about that type of shit and easier to find out about like French films and stuff like that because it's like European and it's within the same context whatever but like how like far do you have to trudge through to find like a Bollywood film that you want to that you know that you want to know is good or whatever or like a Nollywood film these like cinemas that are out there that are I'm sure are amazing but it's so much work to like go through and the films are so long yeah Bollywood films are all like three hours long yeah I don't I don't think like Chinese or like Indian cinema is actually really good like, There's lo- oh, like Chinese cinemas can be Chinese cinemas can be yeah, Chinese cinemas yeah. can be great. Yeah, but they have, they have the same problem where it's just like like they have the state obviously that the like do uh, produce cinema yeah. or like at least they have a lot of like creative control over cinema. So a lot of a lot of what goes on there seems to be just like like uh, I think the past few years like uh, Chinese films have been one of, like the highest grossing films like in the world. Mm. But like I've looked, I remember like looking at a few of them. Uh, like not not watching, but just like reading about them, and they just sound fucking terrible. Like they just but like th- Edward Yang films. I haven't watched them, but like mm. they're meant to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's loads of good ones, but like I think it's more of a problem of like accumulation of uh, productive power rather than um, like a problem necessarily just with Western media. Like I think there's definitely an issue of like um, like people in Brazil and like India and China still all watch Avengers. Like maybe yeah, not in China because no, no, they do. Do they have Avengers in China? Oh, sure. I suppose Disney makes stuff. Disney makes sure that they do. Yeah, yeah. But, like, um, you know, like, that's the thing. Like, Disney still make all this stuff just so it re- reaches all these different places. And that's a, that's a problem also, like, the fact that this one company needs to appeal to the entire globe mm. because they control basically everything that the people see. So, you know, uh, basically we need a new Paramount degree or decree. Yeah, we need uh, to break these up. Yeah, break it up, you know. Break it up, get a new uh, a new system, you know, sell off the streaming services, sell Netflix to a fucking, you know, I don't know, a cinema chain, you know, let let Odeon uh, uh, run Netflix or whatever. Yeah, Odeon. Or fucking, uh, I don't know, Nick. I know what you know. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, though. Yeah, yeah. But do you think then for, like, do you think that cinema became less artistic? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, after the 80s, yeah. 
Or, well, I like, think that's such a nah. No, nah, no. Nah, I think I think in terms of um, in terms of how uh, what we see on the daily, like like what's shown in cinemas, definitely. Like independent film has been absolutely has been fucked in the ass for the past like forty years. But like I I know what you Bro, mean. Like, that's I know you get like. I know what you mean in terms of like the technology is there and like most people can make a film just like you know people won't watch it but people, you can make a film these days and there's a lot more great independent films in terms of volume and stuff and like there's way more because like yeah, I'm just yeah. thinking like even like with this like with the like you wouldn't get a Harmony Corinne film in cinemas in like mm. before before blockbusters or whatever yeah yeah like blockbusters created this oh, no, need you, you, you definitely get that in cinemas but like no no not like not like a trash jumpers or something yeah not trash but like what no, I'm saying that, is that's like, like an artistic blockbusters nearly created this need in people to find more weird films like where like there are like n- like knowledge I guess quotation marks over knowledge there but like <laughs> our knowledge in cinema comes from not really enjoying blockbusters so it's easy to shit on them but you gotta recognize the fact that like if you were into blockbusters, you wouldn't. You obviously some of them like that's such a broad assumption. But the majority of people that go to cinema and go to see blockbusters probably don't know about like, I don't know, like fucking David Lynch. Even yeah. like someone like that well known, they might not know or have seen a David Lynch film. But because that we're into film, because we're not really into like blockbusters that much, we know about the David Lynches. We know about mm. like Japanese cinema and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, like, a thing of, uh, like, fracturing and stuff. Mm. Like, subcultures. And that's where you get film bro films, like... Yeah, no, like, yeah, we definitely live in, like, a fucking uh, cloistered subculture where, like, we all... Like, we both, like, intuitively know sort of the same films. Yeah. I'm sure most people that listen to this sort of know what we're talking about as well. But, like, the mainstream sort of thing is different to that as well. And there's, like, there's, like, different sort of you know, Harry Potter people and stuff like that, like weird sort of, yeah. like whereas before is more like centralized, which sort of doesn't, sort of goes against the fact that it was, the productive capacity was more uh, equal. Yeah. Like whereas today it's more like uh, central, but like we have more uh, distinguished tastes. Like I know what you mean by that, but in terms of like what we see like day to day in the cinema mm. and like what we're exposed to, I think it's like more, it's more narrow Maybe, like, I know what you mean. Maybe not as narrow. Like, if you want to find it, yeah. it's there. Yeah, definitely if you want to find it. But I don't think that's, like, that's very useful. I think, because basically, we only um go after what we're shown. And what we're shown is controlled by about, like, obviously, like, six companies. But I think it's well, like, one of the important things we have to notice, like, one of the biggest films of last year was Parasite, which is part of this, like, weird mm. thing that we're talking about here. Like, Oh, uh, like you might have asked me, like, oh, have you ever heard Bon Joon Ho like a year ago yeah, before yeah. like Parasite came out or whatever? Most people probably have no idea who the fuck he is. I say them, like, I say most people that go to him and like went to see Avengers, or whatever. Most of them probably didn't even know who the fuck he was. I didn't know who the fuck he was. I knew that he directed Snowpiercer. I was like, oh shit, that's the director of Snowpiercer. Yeah, same, yeah. That's a fucking English language film. I didn't know any of his Korean films. Mm. So like, and yet Bon Joon Ho is like a voice is now a name that everyone fucking knows, and people are like, oh shit. Parasite's really good. What else is there in like Korean cinema? And what else is there going to be in like Japanese or whatever? And you come across these films like fucking. I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Like <laughs> fucking uh, really good. Uh, one Cut of the Dead. That's the one that came yeah, to my head yeah, there. Yeah. Like something like that. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, it is. It is a thing. But I feel like, again, it's like a cloistered sort of thing. Like, it is. Like people, like we'd be interested in that, but yeah. mo- most people don't care. Like most people probably heard of Parasite, but they haven't seen it. Um, I said most people didn't want to watch it then. I said a lot of people yeah. didn't want to watch it because it wouldn't fucking ask it. Like, I don't want to watch a foreign language film. I don't yeah, want to have to watch yeah. I don't yeah, want to have to like, and shit, read yeah. while I watch a film. Mm. Which I think is like, I used to, I think like, I used to be like that, but like, you you literally don't even, like, once you get like, once like you're into a film, you don't even notice the subtitles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I was the same. I was just, I wasn't too into it or like, it was like a, a, de- a detraction like a negative of yeah. a film but like once you get into it it's grand same as like black and white isn't really a negative now mm, yeah yeah but whereas yeah. if I was when I was a kid yeah fuck was I was not watching a black and white film yeah but uh yeah I almost yeah I almost disagree with it or I've, I've turned back on my original thing for the uh, artistic thing but it is uh, it has led to a consolidation I think yeah. with, with it which is not conducive to any sort of creative thought no um and the third part of that question. Uh, is Spielberg the capitalist tycoon that commercialized the 70s golden age? Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Like him and Lucas. Jaws. Jaws. And why not? All the boys. They were in not there. Not to say that he didn't make good films, but like he did do that. Gremlins is great. E. No, T. his own films like like Indiana Jones. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. E.T., stuff like that. Like, you know, Jurassic Park. Yeah, but just the fact. But they're all blockbusters as well. But like, you know, yeah. they're really fucking good films. <laughs> It helps. Yeah, yeah, they're good films. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just it helps yeah. in your blockbusters are really good film. Yeah, but it also would have helped if you didn't do that, you know. Yeah. If you just, you know, maybe they weren't just as successful. But you know, he can't really control that. He's just one guy. He's just one billionaire. Also wants to get rich. He just wants to get. Rich. He's just a student. Like he, yeah, he's he's one of the new Hollywood guys. Yeah. He's one of the, like the also rounds of like uh, Lucas. And like uh, Coppola and all them. Yeah. And then just burst onto the scene with Jaws. Like, can't blame him for going, like, I'm going to run with this, you know? I'm going to run with this and then make Indiana Bit. Jones, <laughs> yeah. Jurassic Park, have a heavy intake in Star Wars. Like, some of the best films ever made. Mm. And he had, like, he's involved in a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Gremlins. Gremlins. Like, <laughs> he's involved in so many things. So like, He's got fingers in every pie. So, like, at least, like, yeah, because he... Because, yeah, he was a capitalist ty- tycoon of the thing, like, commercialized the whole cinema industry. But he also gave us gremlins. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he gave he, us he these weirder films. He has his perks. But, uh, yeah, he definitely, I think, overall, definitely a negative effect. But, Especially uh, in his last 20 years of making f- f- films. Jesus, yeah. He hasn't yeah. come out a good film in years ready player one even ai back to ai lincoln ai is shite shite lincoln shite uh ready player one obviously shite i don't know what else he's made um he signed off on the jurassic park remakes he did it he did a tom cruise film i think minority report mm, yeah yeah i think he had a hand in that i haven't seen that but not if i yeah. like yeah everything he's done war horse why like war why? horse who remembers why? war horse it's just just watch the musical like you know or just stay away from it altogether just you, don't just don't watch it it's about a horse like <laughs> like come on you deserve yeah. better <laughs> yeah like he hasn't made a good film in fucking years yeah he needs to retire just, he really does he needs to be broken up he himself <laughs> needs to be broken up the, the Spielberg decree that's what we need <laughs> You know, I know what you mean. Um, 
I think it's my time for a recommendation. Let's go. I think. What are you thinking? About starting off the new year. I want to start off with a bang. I've been flip-flopping back and forth between two different films. But I'm going to settle on Sorry to Bother You. It's on Netflix. Have you seen it? I have not, no. It's great. I'll have a look. Take I've, notes. I've been, I've been recommended it many times. Got to watch it. Yeah, you have to watch it. Absolutely. I definitely will. You got yeah. a deadline. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's on Netflix. Definitely watch that film. Very, very good. Good uh, critique on a lot of different things. Mm, is that Boots Riley, the director? It is, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah I believe so. He's a king. Yeah. He is a king. And the guy, the main in it is, um, he's in the new Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, shit, yeah. He's the main character in that. Or the... The, like rat in that. Oh, don't yeah. know the character's name, so he plays the rat in it. <laughs> he's the rat. Fuck him. But he's he's the main in this as well. Mm, yeah, he's very very good. I have to. So I'll be I'll be giving it a look. Check I'll it out there. Um, yeah, that's the end of the episode. I hope you had a very merry Christmas. Absolutely great Christmas vibes here. It's nice and toasty in here. Yeah, it's getting toasty. Oh, that fire is sort of dying out. Might stick another log in there. Turn off that lamp there, that, that salt lamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it gives off the nice hue of... Or actually, we should have the Netflix thing with the fire going on in the background. Is that a thing? Yeah, have you ever seen that before? No, no. Oh, Mark, we should have done that. that. Get that Hold up. Ah, uh, what? Uh, we, we could review this. <laughs> there we go. The fire is crackling here. That actually made such an effect to the room. Yeah, it actually does. Nah, we should have had that the we entire time. We should have had that the entire time. That's so atmospheric. Yeah, that's so cool. But yeah, the the uh, the uh, the Yule log is crackling right here on the screen. Uh, really fitting. It really and, is. And you love to see it. You love to see you it. You love to see it. It's great Christmas vibe. I hope you're all having a great Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you. Bye bye.